3: Hey, it's Doug
4: Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, tirerack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Toyo Open Country AT3. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to tirerack.com sports. Tirerack.com, that's way tire buying should be.
0: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio.
4: What up America? Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio, live and direct to you from the city of Angels, where the Dodgers have a two games to none lead on the uh, defending champion Chicago Cubs. We'll get to how Joe Madden is trying to finish the job he did not finish last year for the Cubs. Yes, I know he's the manager of the Cubs who won it last year. Uh, I get this idea of, of conventional wisdom, throwing conventional wisdom uh, out the window, but uh, there's a reason that cliches exist, and there's a reason that people say common sense. He didn't use common sense. It's not all that common. We'll get to that, plus Arizona State head coach Todd is going to join us in uh, 20 minutes. We'll talk about their upset of UW, of Washington. That was late Saturday, night. a crazy Saturday in college football, which began with a crazy couple of upsets. On Friday night in college football, Dino Babers, head coach of Syracuse, will join us. We'll talk about Wazoo getting shut out. All of that. But uh, let's react to everything we saw yesterday. And to me, the big news um, is there are upsets, right? Like Washington State got beat on Friday. That's an upset. but Like Washington State wasn't winning a national championship, right? Clemson losing their quarterback, losing to Syracuse with the most difficult part of their schedule to come, likely without Kelly Bryant, their quarterback. Now all of a sudden, that is a a, a tectonic shift, plate tectonics. Remember that? Did you ever learn that in school, right? There's plates underneath the earth, and when they move, that's when we have earthquakes. That's how big Clemson's loss was, because we thought there was Clemson, Alabama, and then everybody else. Now there's Alabama and maybe Georgia and everybody else. The same thing happened in the NFL. Look, the Giants beating the Broncos, that's a stunner to me, right? You change play callers, and even though you don't have any of your first three wide receivers, including Odell Beckham Jr., Sterling Shepard, Brandon Marshall, you don't have any of them, and you beat the Broncos in Denver, like, that's a stunner, but it doesn't doesn't dramatically change the playoff. The, The Giants aren't going to the playoffs. Maybe it changes the Broncos, maybe, and the AFC West. Um, but Aaron Rodgers breaking his collarbone. Well, no, that's big. One, because I mean, think about this year in the NFL, right? We still haven't seen Andrew Luck. Um, JJ Watts done for the year, Odell Beckham Jr. done for the year, and likely Aaron Rodgers done for the year. I mean, on if you write anyone's list of the ten best players in the NFL, the ten best, biggest names in the NFL. Those names are all on that list. And they're all done for the season. But it changes the outlook of the NFC North. It changes the Green Bay Packs. Brett Hundley did not appear ready or up to snuff. And now it brings in the, will Tony Romo come out of retirement? You're like, whoa, how does that make any sense? like, okay, who does Aaron Rodgers' style most remind you of? Tony Romo grew up in Wisconsin. Tony Romo is the most decorated, most ready to play. You'd think of the guys that are out on the street. And while you might say Colin Kaepernick, dude, if you sue the NFL for collusion, you're not getting a job in the NFL while you're suing for collusion, especially when it feels like a frivolous claim that's that you're not going to be able to prove. Kaepernick would have made a little bit of sense, but now it makes completely no sense. Forget about the political climate. I mean, like, look, Aaron Rodgers is a very outspoken uh, outspoken in his support of social change. And though he's not cap, I, I don't think that necessarily limits cap from being signed. He probably, w- probably wouldn't have happened, but you sue the league, you ain't getting a job in the league. Oh, hey, man, by the way, that lawsuit, forget about all that. Forget about that collusion. I'm good to play with the Green Bay Packers. But that's a gigantic shift. So, I mean, like, look, best player. In, that's Those are the best players in the league. You get the best wide receiver in the league. He's out for the year. You got uh, the best defensive end in the league. He's out for the year. And now you have the best quarterback in the league, and he's out for the year. Like, that is, that is crazy. Crazy. And um, Doug Whaley did a lot of dumb stuff, and he probably shouldn't have said it with the Buffalo Bills. But when he said football is bad for your health, if you don't believe me, I give you Odell Beckham Jr. I give you J.J. Watt. I give you Aaron Rodgers. And oh yeah, we're not even talking about CTE and the long-term effects of playing football. All right, now I want to get to last night. Sports can do a lot of things. It can, it can unite, right? It can unite a city. It can unite a state. It can be a unifying force. Um, but sports also, to me, can kind of bring you back to a previous time and a previous place. And last night at Dodger Stadium, it it did just that. Here's, let me set it up for you, okay? 29 years ago, Kirk Gibson hit a walk-off home run against Dennis Eckersley in Game 1 of the World Series. Last night was the anniversary of that iconic moment. What's crazy about it for me personally is not only that I I know that, but the night before, uh, my son is 8. Okay, He's playing in like an AAU tournament. They won their first game. My mom was there, it was like right down the street from where I grew up. My mom had to be there. So we went out, and we went to a place called Taco Mesa, which is awesome if you're in Orange, California. Anyway, and we're sitting around, and we're watching. We got, like, the last two chairs, the last three chairs, where you could actually see the Dodger game, which was on TV, and it was right when, uh, it was right at the end of the game when, when the Dodgers won. And uh, I was explaining to my son this Kirk Gibson moment. And the great thing about today is you don't have to just tell him about it. You could show it to him. So I quickly searched on YouTube, found it, played it for him, and explained who Dennis Eckersley was, who Kirk Gibson was, why it was so unlikely that I was with my buddy, Miles Simon, who's now an assistant with the Lakers. And I was at his mom's house, and Miles turned to me and said, he's going to hit home run. And I was like, dude, he can't even walk. And, of course, he hit home run. Last night, Justin Turner comes up against John Lackey and hits a walk-off, 3 run home run to win game two. Now, I want to get to the historical context in a moment. But first, let me just deal with Joe Maddon. What a disaster he is with the bullpen. <laughs> right? Like, last year, he tried to ruin the Cubs overcoming the curse of the Billy Goat. This year, it looks like he's completing the task. Remember, last year, all they did around the trade deadline was pick up bullpen guy, bullpen guy to bullpen guy, and then he gets to the playoffs and he only uses three guys. I mean, it was crazy. Aroldis Chapman's arm nearly fell off. He was off the entire year this year because of how Joe Madden overused him. And it wasn't like they didn't have guys. Madden just didn't trust them. So he decides, like, look, to use John Lackey, questionable, considering he's not a bullpen guy. To use John Lackey in the middle of an inning instead of to start an inning, considering he's a starting pitcher, questionable. To use John Lackey on back-to-back nights for the first time in his career, questionable. To use John Lackey against Justin Turner, who was three three for six against John Lackey before he gave up the game-winning three-run home runs, It's kind of questionable. Put it all together, and what a disastrous series of decisions by Joe Madden, who we all like and is a really good leader of men in a regular season. The mundane uh, days of uh, dog days of summer. He was good with the Rays. He's been good with the Cubs. He's found ways to not lose his stuff when these young Cubs weren't playing early in the year. Like, oh, that's great. But you get to the playoffs and you got a chance. You have Wade Davis. He's still employed by the Cubs, isn't he? Now, Wade Davis is coming off the most pitches he's ever thrown uh, as a reliever. But that was like five days ago. Maybe his arm's going to fall off, but I'm just stunned by it, blown away by it. And it's one of those things to which I, I understand that in baseball, sometimes you go away from conventional wisdom. You know, you don't always have to go righty, righty, lefty, lefty. Sometimes you go with the numbers. Sometimes you go with the feeling. Sometimes you go with the gut. Let's, let's take a listen. Here's Joe Madden on why he used lackey.
2: I'm just uh, betting on his experience right there as much as anything. Um, I know that he went out there and and tried to make the pitches that he wanted to make. I knew that the crowd would not affect him, and it didn't. I mean, he just, you know, the the first walk, he just kept trying to get Taylor to chase. Once he got to two strikes and he didn't chase, to to the hitter's credit. And then I I didn't see the last pitch to Turner, but obviously it was pretty good. Uh,
4: Pretty good for who? For for Justin Turner? Because it was not pretty good for the Cubs. It was right down Broadway. Um, drawing on his experience, I get it. He's been part of three different World Series winning teams. He started Game Seven of the World Series uh, for the Angels, I believe, back in two thousand two. Uh, Ramos, is that correct? Was it? Did he start Game? C? I think he, he did. started
3: Game Seven of that World Series. He did. That was two thousand two. Yeah.
4: How many years ago was two thousand two? Right, it was fifteen years ago. You're calling on experience. He has no experience out of the bullpen. And he has no experience going on back-to-back nights. And the only experience he has going against Justin Turner is bad experience. All right, well, uh, maybe Wade Davis wasn't healthy, wasn't right.
2: When you have a guy like that uh, coming off the performance that he had, to warm him up and then not use him is, is equally as bad. Like another, warm him up, not put him in a game, and then... Ask him to pitch maybe two innings later. That's that's really not good form. So today, tonight, I really was waiting for that opportunity to grab a lead and then throw him out there. That was that's what it was all about. Um, there was no way he was pitching more than one, and um, that was pretty much it.
4: All right, so he wasn't. I don't want to be using more than one. I want to extend him. Closers are built for coming in in the middle when when the when there's a fire in the house. Okay, closers are firemen. Right, they come in. And they know how to get everybody out safely. They're not scared of the fire. They respect the fire. And they put the fire out. Hey, okay. When you have a fire, you call a fireman. Right? Okay. They basically called a home builder. <laughs> and said, uh, hey... Um, John Lackett, we know you don't do this for a living. We know you don't come in, in high leverage situations. We know you don't pitch on back-to-back nights. Could you handle this because we don't want to call the firemen just yet because we don't have a lead? I understand going against conventional wisdom, but sometimes you need to use common sense. You're, this is this is like Craig Kimbrell a couple years ago sitting in the bullpen or um, what's his name, uh, Britton last year for the Zach Britton. For the Orioles, like you're just waiting and waiting and waiting to use him. What the hell is the point of having him if you're not going to use him in that situation? So uh, I'm going to play for you a little bit later on the show. The two iconic calls of Kirk Gibson's home run, because as good as Kirk Gibson's home run was, Vin Scully and Jack Buck, the late, great Jack Buck, were both on the call of that game. And both of their calls were incredible. And the home run I love Justin Turner. I love the Justin Turner story. I love that he's from Southern California and he but it it's let please do not make it the same play. Okay, Dennis Eckersley was the best closer in baseball that year. Had one of the best seasons in the history of baseball as a closer that year and Kirk Gibson could barely walk and then he comes in and he hits a home run. But the takeaway should be that while Joe Madden, I guess, gets a pass, gets a mulligan because somehow they won a World Series last year. In many ways, if you watch the World Series, they won in spite of, not because of, decisions like the one he made last night, which may not, is it's not the reason that they lost. It's not okay, but in baseball and in and coaching, especially, it's all about probability or the likelihood of success and which each of those factors, the likelihood of success was made more slight as opposed to throwing in one of the best postseason uh, closers in baseball that we've seen in the past decade in Wade Davis, who's not just done it for the Cubs this year. He did it for the Royals previously. Somebody explain to me what I'm missing. All right, Todd Graham, head coach of Arizona State. Who they had no defense, and then all of a sudden they had a defense. Like, how in the process of one week did they suddenly get a defense against Washington? Because they did a great job. We'll ask him upcoming, upcoming next. But first, you needed some great talent for your business. In uh, but you are short on time. You don't have to get lost in huge stacks of resumes to find your perfect hire. You just need the right tools, smarter tools like ZipRecruiter. With ZipRecruiter, you can find you can post your job to over one hundred job sites on the web. And they're leading job boards with just one click. So you can rest easy knowing that your job is being seen by the right candidates. Then ZipRecruiter puts its smart matching technology to work, actively notifying qualified candidates about your job within minutes of posting. So you receive the best possible matches. Look, you can find out today why ZipRecruiter is being used by growing businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. I mean, ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. So my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. That's zip slash Z-I-P, Doug. No wonder 80% uh, of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate through the site within just one day. Try it yourself for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. At Farmers, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Like how to help so you can make sure you're ready for some of life's unexpected hazards. Stay ahead of the game with tips from a knowledgeable pro at Farmers.com.
5: We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum.
4: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we're expecting to have Todd Graham, Arizona State head coach, in moments, but uh, I, I want to do this. I, I, you rarely get a chance to, to have announcer porn, but that's what this is uh, announcer porn. Jack Buck, of course, is the father, legendary father of Joe Buck, who works for Fox. We'll call Major League Baseball's World Series yet again, Um, and he's a famous St. Louis Cardinal broadcaster. But what people forget—I think people forget—about the Kirk Gibson home run, it was '88. Tommy Lasorda, Oral Hershiser, I believe, threw a hundred and a million scoreless innings in a row in the regular season. I went to Game Two. And it was super boring because Oral Hersheiser was pitching. (laughs) Because nobody scored off Oral Hershizer. And, uh, like, look, people say really dumb things. Like, I've heard people say um, this one. You know with the Austin Safarian Jenkins fumble? Like, well, you know, the Jets weren't going to win anyway. Like, what? What are you talking about? He scores that touchdown. The game changes dramatically. So... This ridiculous rule that the NFL has. You don't know the outcome of a game. I thought I knew that the Steelers were a mess, but they decided to run the football like they always do against the Kansas City Chiefs. And they beat Kansas City in Kansas City soundly yesterday. I, like everybody, thought the Giants were a mess. They had a litany of injuries. They didn't have enough weaponry. Of course, they're going to start 0-6. They're going to lose. They didn't. like You don't know the outcome of a game, especially in the game when the Jets were super competitive and were marching the ball up and down the field against um, a terrible defense that the Patriots have. But I've heard people say, well, you know, the Gibson home run was game one. My job is to contextualize. First, obviously, to comment on the stories of the day, but contextualize what you're seeing and why it's important. Okay, What you should know about the home run 29 years ago was there was this air of invincibility that the A's had because they had McGuire, who was a bigger than life I think he was a rookie or second year at the time, right? Remember he had forty-nine home runs his rookie year? And they had Conseco. I mean they had the Bash brothers. They were all juiced up, whatever. They had it they were seen as unbeatable because good pitching staff, unbelievable hitting, and the best closure we'd ever seen in Eck. And with Oral Hersheiser going in game two, well, that was a dub for the Dub for the, the Dodgers. So had the Dodgers lost game one, all of a sudden, who knows? You don't know the, the outcome of the series. But once Eckersley became Vincible, and you had Oral Hershizer, you get up two games to none, and it started rolling downhill for the Dodgers. So here's the setup. The runner on first. And uh, let's start. Which one do you want to start with? Should we start with Vin or we start with Jack Buck? Ooh, that's hard. This is sacrilege, I know. Here's the difference Jack Buck spoke to me because what he said was exactly what I felt when I saw the ball go out of the ballpark. Vin Scully painted a picture of the entirety of the story in quite kind of poetic form. Let's start with Vin. I mean, that's... Can you imagine having that? Do you have that written down? Do you have that in your head? Okay, here's Jack Buck's call.
1: Gibson swings and a fly ball to deep right field. This is going to be a home run. Unbelievable! I don't believe what I just saw.
4: I don't believe what I just saw. Really remarkable stuff on Sunday. And Sunday was so good that I think... Saturday, which was equally incredible in terms of surprises and upsets, kind of gets lost. So we'll, we'll try and contextualize all of it for you. Anyway, eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. Uh, let, let's turn to the college game. Todd Graham joins us. He's the head coach of Arizona State. Uh, if you don't know, their defense was struggling mightily this year. And you flip it on, and the first half, Washington, who, of course, leads the Pac-12 in all these offensive categories, could not move the football against his defense, and Arizona State ends up taking down previously undefeated U the Huskies. And uh, Todd Graham joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Coach, a couple days later, how's it feel? It
6: feels great. I tell you, it's a you know monumental accomplishment for our guys. You know, uh, to beat a top five team at home and. Uh, uh, obviously, keep us in in first place in the South. So uh, it was a big, big win for us, and it was a really, really proud of our players and and just how disciplined we played, and and just did a great job executing the plan.
4: You mentioned discipline. You guys had a lot of problems with penalties all season long, and you only had one penalty in the game. So how how does that ha- like? I mean, it's, it's it's great to say we don't want penalties, but how do you play aggressive and play great defense? And only get penalized once.
6: Well, you know we, we we're first in the league. I think we're top uh, seven or eight in the country in the fewest penalties. I mean, it's something we work and educate with our guys. I think it. I think it speaks a lot about your discipline of your players and and because it's so important not to have negative plays and and so you you don't want plays called back. You don't want to have those type of things. But you also want to be aggressive. So it's just you got to be aggressive. You got to be smart. And I think it's just all about teaching and preparing kids.
4: All right, I mentioned your defense. Uh, you given up what 31, thirty one thirty. 52, 35, even the win over Oregon, 34. I hate to bring up those numbers. Those are the real numbers. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, Washington, in the second half, they started to move the ball, and you guys got a little tired. But, but first half, couldn't move the ball. I mean, what, did you reinvent yourself? Did you change? What did you do between the, the Stanford loss and the game?
6: Well, you know, one one we we did we made it, we made some personnel changes I think that really helped us up front on the defensive line. Uh, I think uh, you know one we've played some really good people. I think uh, you, you look at the people that we played. We we, we weren't uh, we just weren't uh, we had two new coordinators. We're trying to get on the same page, and and it just took us a little bit. You know, you you don't have a preseason in college football, so it, so it took us a little bit to get going. And uh, you know we we wind up knocking off Oregon, a top twenty-five team, uh, I think in week four, and then uh, you know the Stanford game, we turned the football over, was probably the difference in that game. We played pretty well, uh, and then we couldn't tackle. I mean, we were there. We had guys at the point of attack, and Bryce Love just broke broke tackles, and we gave up big plays. Wind up losing by ten. So we just wind up putting everything together, and I uh, think Coach Bennett and the defensive staff did a great job, had a great plan for what they were doing, and then. Uh, you know, we we came in. I think it was a mindset. I think I think when you look at those things and they happen, uh, you know, you, you just see a team that that wanted it more. You know, and and that that's the way we played every single snap. Uh, there was a mindset that we were going to get it done, and uh, obviously we did some good things schematically and all that. But man, it's. Uh, yeah, you know the, what's in the hearts and the minds of those players, man. You never can underestimate because uh, they'll always, uh, you know, I will always get surprised sometimes by, uh, you know, you know what you think they're 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 capable of. And for us to go out and hold a team that's been scoring 40 points a week to seven points in a game is is pretty phenomenal. But uh, uh, you know, we our guys pride ourselves in doing that, and we played. Uh, uh, I think it's probably the best defensive game we've played since we've been here, and that's what you need to do because moving forward, it doesn't get any easier you know, going on the road to
1: Utah <laughs> this
4: week. Yeah, no, Utah's good. It's always tough to play up in that altitude, too. Todd Graham, head coach of Arizona State, joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Um, I, you know, look, you, you get the ball to start the second half, and you can't move it at all. And then they march it right down the field, and they they can't get to the end zone, and they missed a 27-yard field goal. One, one of two field goals they missed inside of 30. I just... Look, I know you missed a a field goal of your own, a forty seven yard of your own, when you are up thirteen nothing. That kind of could have sealed the deal, but I'm just wondering if you're standing over there in the sideline after, as it, maybe the offense was a little tight out of the gate in the second half, thinking this is a, this is a sign, like to miss the twenty seven yarder. What goes through your mind when you see the other team go through that?
6: I'll be honest with you. I, 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 I told myself I said the good Lord's with us now. I mean that that was especially the second one. I mean the second one hit the goalpost and and went off. But even if you know even if they make those two, we still win. But uh, but uh, you know one of the things on that play, that first field goal that, that we had kind of they'd struggled with field goals. You know their field goal kickers had missed. Uh, hit, I think they're they might be last in the league as far as field goals. And so we felt like you know, we really pressured it. So we wound up pressing the guy wound up pulling if he would. I think if he would have kicked it where it would have been good, we would have blocked that one that they first when they missed. So, so we put some pressure on him there, and then, then I think it just created some tension with the guy with with their kicker. The I second no one, question. He, he just bounces off the goalpost. But uh, the, old, the, old, we, the 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 good Lord was with us for for sure. When it when it that, we that that's what I was thinking when that happened. That's uh, <laughs> was you, a good good sign.
4: Uh, it was also a good sign. I mean, like, look, you want to say good Lord with you? That that I I believe it. Like sometimes I have a hard time believing it. This one I believe it. Fourth and three. You're at uh, you're at their 37 yard line, right? And like, like, look, they they're moving the ball on you in the second half, mm-hmm. and you decide to go for it. And like, look, first you ran, it looked like you were going to run a hook and ladder play on on third down that you didn't get. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you on fourth down, you let Manny Wilkins, your quarterback, drop back and throw it. And I don't, he wasn't looking for for French love, was he? Like that.
6: Well, what happened on the play is is our, is Kalen Belize, who was in the throwing lane, should have been in the flat. So it kind of the play was a little bit. You know, not executed the right way, so he wind up throwing the ball. Kalen almost—he reached up to grab the ball, and I think realized he wasn't supposed to be there, and and uh, wind up letting it go through. If he if he would have tipped the ball, it might not have worked. But it it was the play would, would, did not—we we didn't execute the play exactly like we we had it drawn up. So so we, you know he actually was supposed to be in the flat, and that would have, that would have made the play because you know obviously uh, CJ was open. But uh, it uh, it wound up working out, and you know we were aggressive right there because you know you you're playing the you know defending conference champion and a playoff team, uh, uh, top five team in the country. You know you need to be aggressive, and I, I was proud of our guys and how they how they rose to the occasion. That was a heck of a catch by by CJ. No, well. wasn't wasn't an easy catch.
4: No, no, and and look, I'm I'm looking, I'm sitting there watching, it going like, man. Coaches letting it all hang out with like, <laughs> some of his, some of his play calling. Like, was there? I mean, like, look, I you know, almost feel like just just take a knee, just run the clock out. But but you were choosing to go for it. I I know that's that's your style, right? I I get it. Uh, but 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 take me through that decision on the sideline when you're trying to figure out how to be conservative and how much to go for it.
6: Yeah, and it's it, I, we don't always you know we don't always do that. I think it has has a lot to do with the opponent. You know, and and what you were saying, they were moving the ball on us, and man, I didn't want to give them the ball back. I didn't want to, you know, we only had a six-point lead, and, and, you know, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to give give them the ball back, especially when we, and then you look and you see it, what are the plays that we have? And we'd already executed uh, that play uh, on a fourth down early in the game as well, and they'd struggled with structurally matching it up, and so we felt like there was a pretty good percentage we could get that play done, especially for, you know, a three-yard gain, so, uh, um, you know we, you know you're gonna win those. You got to go. You got to get to You know we talked to our kids about put it in the left lane. Put the hammer down. You know don't. You got to go beat. You, you're going to you're going to beat a champion, and you got to give Washington respect. Those guys were champion of the Pac-12 last year, went to the playoffs. I mean, and, and got a great football team, one of the best defenses in the country. I mean, they they've been pretty dominant this year. So if you're gonna beat them, you got to take it from them. You right. you got to go beat
4: them. So 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 help us with this as as college football fans, right? Alabama right now it it there's going to be they got some some stuff to work through but you feel like they're going to be there. Everybody else is losing a game. Some teams are going to lose two games. So if everybody has a loss or everybody has two losses like how do we figure out who should play for the championship?
6: I don't know. I tell you and I, and people probably hate me saying this but I I really think that uh you know every you know it's so different all the college fans are out there that that that, that watch college football know that you know who who's you know you, you go through the season as the season goes on it depends on your schedule and your makeup here in the Pac12 i mean we we beat each other up i mean we we uh, we've never we've never been a team since i've been here in 6 years go through the Pac12 south and go undefeated i mean so there's great parity and I believe there should be. If you're a conference champion of a Power Five conference, you should be in the playoff. That'd be five teams, and you had three at large. You know, you can still keep your 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 tradition of your great bowls, like the Rose Bowl, intact. Uh, but I wish they would. I wish you had that because if you win the you win your conference, man. That's what I'd love to see. I'd love to see you know, every conference champion from the Power Five, and then three at large play. That I think I couldn't do anything but you know.
4: I, I think I think it'd be great I think the question would be number of games you know you have you, have, you had yet you you another game, and you know like look everybody you you struggle with depth with your team uh everybody seems to be struggling with depth, and could you keep enough guys healthy? For the games that well, really, really matter,
6: Well, get get rid of one of these one double A pre you know non conference games. Yeah. You know, play 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 eleven games instead of twelve. You know, we play nine conference games in our league, and I think our fans love that because it's the quality of games that you're playing. You know, and I I'm a fan of college football just just like everybody else, and I you know I I think they want to see those kind of games. You know, and uh, and and you want to see a true champion. You want to, you want to see you know at the sure. end of, you know where people are playing at the end of the year matters, and sometimes people you know get a loss early or even two losses early and wind up at the, at the end of the year playing probably as good or better than anybody in the country. So, um, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how they're going to figure that out, but it's going to be, it's, I think it's going to be a pretty interesting year when it comes to that.
4: No question, because it seems like parity reigns supreme. Uh, well, tell Coach Bennett, Phil Bennett, he did a great job. Now he's got to do it again against Utah. Coach, congrats on the upset win over uh, over U-Dub, and we appreciate you joining us here on Fox Sports Radio.
6: I appreciate you having me. All
4: right, it's Todd Graham, head coach of Arizona State. Let's uh, bring in Steve DeSeger with the latest. What do you got, Steve?
5: Tuan has the ALCS game three in New York tonight. The Yankees and CC Sabathia hosting Houston and Charlie Morton, who is from Connecticut and very excited to pitch at Yankee Stadium tonight. Astros lead the series two games to none. With the Dodgers up two games to none, they're off tonight and start th- – Game three at Wrigley Field, in fact, games three, four, and if necessary, five there in Chicago against the Cubs Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights in the NLCS. Monday night football matchup has Indianapolis at Tennessee. Colts have won 11 straight against the Titans head-to-head. Tampa Bay quarterback Jameis Winston's shoulder injury is a sprained AC joint, according to NFL Network. They also say Lions wide receiver Golden Tate has an AC joint sprain. Vikings quarterback Teddy Bridgewater could be activated in the next couple of weeks, coming back from a serious knee injury last year. Quarterback Trevor Simeon could play this weekend despite a sprained shoulder. A 9 News, Denver does say that Emmanuel Sanders will miss at least one game. The Broncos wideout suffered a sprained ankle last night. By the way, uh, Brian Flood from... Fox News media reporter says that NBC will not discipline Al Michaels for his Harvey Weinstein comment that took place during Sunday night football. The company said it was an inappropriate comment but was acknowledged with an apology soon after the telecast. The ratings last night by the way, first hour of that Monday nighter from Denver 15.8 million viewers, by the last hour it was more like 12.8 million. Back to you.
4: Um yeah, but I don't think it was because of a bad Harvey Weinstein joke, right? Is you it saw weinstein the game or weinstein? right my wife I asked, is it weinstein or weinstein and who dis, who decides like look i'm jewish and and by the way, i'm embarrassed by the rv that that he's one of our people it's gross um but uh yeah, I saw the game. The game was was a tough watch. I was watching baseball most of the time because I was, and I was just flipping over, like just stunned, like how is this, how is this yeah. even happening? Broncos were laying an egg at Bro- home. Broncos laid an egg. I was kind of rooting for Brock Osweiler when he got in, like you know, I kind of like to see him stick it to the Cleveland Browns because everybody else is sticking it to the Cleveland. They pass on Carson Wentz; he's lighting up the league. They pass on Deshaun Watson; he's lighting up the league, and they had uh, Brock Osweiler, but they they couldn't do anything. Look, I'll, I'll just say this. I have cracked what would, some would think would be an inappropriate joke on national television before. It's just a joke that wasn't that funny. It wasn't inappropriate. It wasn't that funny. He actually had it worse. He actually had it. He 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 had it. He should have said the Giants had as bad a week as anybody outside of maybe Harvey Weinstein, right? If he said that, he'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's right, right? You're trying to bring in pop culture. Like, Harvey Weinstein had a bad week. I don't think anybody can dispute getting fired from your own company as a bad week for sexually harassing a litany of Hollywood stars. Like, that's a bad week, allegedly, right? But I don't think the Giants had a worse week. I think the problem with the joke wasn't that it wasn't funny. It's that it was inaccurate. That was the biggest one, right? But, like, really, like, if you're offended by a, by a joke that just wasn't that funny or was inaccurate, you have wh- huge problems. You got much bigger problems, right? Like, it's a much bigger deal what Harvey Weinstein was doing as opposed to joking about how embarrassing it is what Harvey Weinstein was doing, I think was his intent. And it's one of those ones where it's also when you're Al Michaels and, um, like, Richard Deitch, you guys know who he is? He's a media writer for Sports Illustrated. He had, like, the most ridiculous list of play-by-play, top 25 play-by-play guys. There's like 10 guys who I've never heard of. And there's like 10 great people in the business that aren't, weren't on that list or whatever. This is a joke, terrible list. But I think he had Al Michaels. One, Al Michaels is the best. But when you're the best at a play-by-play and Al Michaels tells that joke over dinner, everybody laughs, right? So then you tell that joke on air and it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, it was like a turd sandwich. Here you go, here you go. Whoa, I don't want it. Hot potato, hot potato. A rookie leading the NFL in touchdowns. Big deal? Little deal? No deal. I'll tell you. Next. Here's the select quote difference. Most companies give you one option, one policy, one rate. But select quote gives you options, lots of options. I want you to give select quote a call at 800-881-4466 or go to selectquote.com today for a totally free personal quote. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, I got to tell you that as much as I've been, I'm really excited about baseball. And look, Jose Altuve might have come around third like a bat out of hell, but he should have been dead to rights at home. Gary Sanchez catches that ball. Uh, he he should have been pegged at home. And for people like, well, Aaron Judge shouldn't have, Aaron Judge threw it to Didi Gregorius, um, who's exactly who you want to throw the ball to. He's got the best arm of anybody in that infield. Didi's throw was a little off, and uh, Sanchez bobbled the ball, but it was actually a bad decision by Altuve to, to turn and burn and go home. But what I wanted to get to, though, was as good as the ratings could be if it was dodgers yankees or cubs yankees it will be equally putrid if it's dodgers astros the, the houston is a weird city right like it's the fourth most populated city it's very very diverse a lot of international remember you got um you got the big cancer center there ton of oil and gas and people internationally there like there's people from everywhere who live in people move to houston but it is just not it's like a vapid waste like nobody cares about houston sports to watch on tv it's weird even though that many people live there from there and have ties to other places uh, game Time is brought to you by True Car. You can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. New or used, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car
0: buying experience. Game time! This is Game Time.
5: It's Game Time.
0: On the Doug Gottlieb Show.
5: Steve DeSega, what do you have? Good afternoon to you. It's going to be, I believe I have an indication of what we're playing. John Ramos? Big deal, little yes. deal, no deal. Okay, so, item number one, for example, Bears quarterback Mitchell Trubisky got his first win as a starter. The rookie on the road against the Ravens. We're now three and three. Is that a big deal, little deal, or no deal? Wait, what, what now? Mitchell Trubisky road win. Bears quarterback oh, overtime game. Big,
4: big against the Ravens. Big, huge, huge, and you, huge for this
5: for this season. You mean it will mean big things?
4: No, I just think the idea of you go on, people respect the Ravens defense to go on the road, get a win. Hey, and honestly, like John Fox has done a good job. Like, they've done a pretty good job with this team. Look at some of the wins they have Ravens, they beat the Bears, uh, should have beaten the Falcons. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, like, look, I, that doesn't mean that he's going to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. But I think the thought that he would come in inexperienced out of North Carolina and be a
5: disaster, he has not been since. Question two, Texans rookie quarterback Deshaun Watson now leads the league in touchdown passes. He's up to 15 on the season after throwing three more in the win against the Browns yesterday. Big deal, little deal, or no deal? That's a a big deal. Uh, Deshaun Watson is, I think he's leading the NFL in touchdowns. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah, I think that's kind of a big deal. and. Um, considering the thought was that he would have to be refined, remember slid down some draft boards, coming out of the system he ran at Clemson. Um, he's had he's had an incredible amount of confidence, and though he didn't win the job in camp, he has won the job since, and he's been spectacular. The offense the offense has always been the problem for Houston, right? Oh, they don't have the offense. They don't have the quarterback. And that's kind of the
5: last of their worries right now. They get to the playoffs without a quarterback in the past, as we recall. The Raiders, though, have lost four in a row. Two and four record for Oakland now. Home loss to the Chargers yesterday. Lost by one on a last-second field goal after the Raiders missed an extra point in the fourth. Four straight losses. Big deal, little deal, or no deal for Oakland? That's a
4: big deal. That's a big deal. I mean, look, the battle for L.A. was really between the Chargers, Rams, and Raiders. And the Chargers went up there. And beat them. Um, I thought we're the better team. And, like, if you look back to last year, they won a lot of those 50 50 games, could have gone either way. And now you fast forward it to this year. And remember, they had Derek Carr in this game. wasn't like mm-hmm. they can't use the we didn't have our starting quarterback uh, argument. They've lost four games in a row, they've lost two consecutive games at home. Uh, they have the Chiefs off a of loss. The back end of their schedule has a bunch of road games upcoming as well, plus some difficult home games against the Broncos and the Patriots. I think this is a big deal. Uh, Raiders in danger of not making the playoffs.
5: Wow, and that's stunning considering what people thought of the Raiders. in last place. Yeah, a month ago. The Vikings have confirmed that quarterback Teddy Bridgewater has been cleared to return to practice for the first time since that awful knee injury in August of 2016. Is that a big deal, little deal, or no deal? Uh, I think that's a
4: little deal. Right, because he's been working back towards this. The question, clear to practice doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to play, but it allows the Vikings, hey, they still don't have Sam Bradford, Case Keenum's been playing well, it allows the Vikings to kind of wait and see on Bradford, wait and see, and eventually I think it'll all sort out. But, uh, you know, look, his knee completely collapsed, and now he's healthy enough to at least practice. That's a that's a good thing. I don't think it's a huge thing until we find out he plays in a game.
5: We have time enough for one more. Yep. I'm told John Ramos' soccer team, the Blue Crew, lost again over the weekend, falling to 1-5 and five on the season. Is that a big deal, little deal, or no deal?
4: Uh, It's no deal. Everybody knows John Ramos can organize a fist fight.
5: <laughs> that's game, huh? Game star. This is game
0: time on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
4: Your life should be full. Your life should be full, right? Like, I, I just, you should have kids in your life you should have a job in your life you should have love in your life you should have family in your life right the, the, uh, those things are make you full like we feel like I'm a full person Sp- a sports weekend should be full and i feel like we had a full sports weekend right we had friday night awesome saturday incredible start to finish upsets galore crazy plays sunday start to finish incredible storylines plus you had baseball to throw in there saturday and sunday like whew, that was a full weekend Life should be full, just like a meal should be full, right? You have something before, you have the entree, a little something afterwards. Should be full. That was a full weekend in sports. Gave us great baseball. Incredible college football. NBA, by the way, starts tomorrow. That should be fun. Cavs, Celtics. Hello? Cavs, Celtics. How good is that going to be? Oh, man. What a full weekend. I still don't understand or agree with, obviously, Joe Madden's thinking. Um, and it, it, it was obviously confirmation bias that John Lackey gave up the three-run home run, but I didn't like the thinking before that. It right, might be the biggest story of the weekend that everyone has forgotten about. Syracuse took down defending national champion Clemson. We'll be joined by their head coach, Syracuse's head coach, Dino Babers. He joins us next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports. Radio, live and direct from the city of Angels. Welcome in. Dino Babers, head coach of Syracuse. Moments away. Fresh off an upset which uh, seems like a week ago. It was really just Friday night, right? It like, wasn't even the the last upset of Friday night. I didn't say it wasn't the biggest upset of Friday night because they beat uh, Clemson and then Wazoo lost to Cal. Got shut out by Cal. The Crazy Friday night. And then Saturday was crazy. This is what always happens in college football. I guess this is what always happens in football. That that maybe is the 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 takeaway from the weekend. Like now you're, we have people that freak out, that say like, well, it's Clemson and Alabama and everybody else is going to have one loss. And I've always thought to myself, wait a second, the more parity there is in college football, the more these teams all play each other early in the season, the more they get worn down, the more you have road games, the more you're going to have two loss college football teams to put into the college football playoff. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So the hard part is trying to trying to evaluate, like, which loss is bigger. Like, I don't – like, let's say Oklahoma runs the table, wins the Big 12. Let's say Ohio State runs the ta- table, wins the Big 10, and they are the last two teams to choose from. Well, Oklahoma beat Ohio State at Ohio State. Like, how does that weigh against Iowa State beating – I don't know. I don't know how you measure that. I don't know how you measure that. Or what if TCU loses at Oklahoma, and then beats Oklahoma in the in the Big Twelve championship game? Or they lose. I still think the Big Twelve will end up with like three one loss teams because that's what the Big the Big Twelve has a, some rare ability to do that, right? Actually, it probably can't happen. Now that I think of it, right? Yeah, they can't happen because Oklahoma State and Oklahoma play. They'll one of them will have two losses because they play each other. Anyway, um, the big story of of the day, I think, is this Aaron Rodgers injury. And I heard Colin Cowherd say that Aaron Rodgers now is becoming Tony Romo because he broke his collarbone. Do you go clavicle or collarbone? I go collarbone, but clavicle sounds a lot more professional. It's the same exact bone, by the way. Um, Do you know that the collarbone, the clavicle, again, same thing, that it only takes eight pounds of pressure to break that bone? Like, it's not a really... And Romo actually had like a steel rod put in because he broke it twice. First time he broke it, Rob Gronkowski's brother missed a block. That was several years ago. And then he broke it you know, twice uh, going back to a couple years ago. And that's, he came back too early and broke it again. Like, guy gets thrown down, guy breaks a collarbone. I don't understand how he becomes Tony Romo brittle. Right? Like, Derek Carr uh, broke that bone in his back, the transverse process. Is he Romo too now? That's the same bone that Romo broke and the same bone that Romo was going to play through. I just, I think it's a bad correlation. The bigger thing is the best player in the sport, the best quarterback in the sport, and a team that is completely and totally built around him is now without a quarterback. And this is where I think people don't... This is the LeBron James versus Michael Jordan argument that people make. Look, I think that... Um, Jordan's the best player I've ever seen. LeBron James, obviously, an incredible player and the best player of this particular generation, best all-around player of this generation. But, but people often will say, well, hold on now. When LeBron left the Cavs last time to go to the Miami Heat, the Cavs collapsed and became the worst team in the East. When Jordan left the Bulls to go to play baseball, retired, went to play baseball, they still got the number one seed in the East. And that is, in fact, accurate. The difference is in the construct of the team. LeBron's team, like right now, is solely built around him. Like they went and got all these shooters last year because, well, LeBron James is not a shooter and he's a matchup nightmare. And you put shooters to give him space to do what he does. If you take him off the team, that is built around him. It's the same with when Tom Brady got hurt. People say, well, chose Bill Belichick and how great a coach he is and how Brady is just kind of a product of the system because they won 11 games without Brady. That's true. It's also important to remember that the year before, he tore his knee. Do you know how many regular season games the Patriots won? 16. So, yeah, they won 11, but they won 16 the previous year, and the team was constructed differently. This team, the Packers, is built all around Aaron Rodgers. And so is a collapse imminent? You're damn right it is. Because it's built like the Cavs were built before LeBron left and went to Miami. It's more about the construct of the team. All right, let's get to uh, what I what felt like it should be the story of the weekend. If you ask college football guy, who are the best teams? Everyone said Alabama, Clemson, everybody else. And, and they're like a big drop off before everybody else. But Clemson goes into Syracuse, and Syracuse is a former power. Uh, but Clemson goes into Syracuse and just gets beat. Their head coach, Dino Babers, is kind enough to, to join us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Uh, coach, thanks so much for taking time. It's It's been a couple of days, and I guess there's good and bad to winning on Friday. Some people kind of forget, but on a Monday, how does it still feel?
7: Yeah, it feels great. I mean, that's a, that's a moment that will stay with those young men forever. I mean, They'll tell their sons and their daughters about that game. They'll tell their grandsons, their granddaughters. It's one of those, those stories that people will never forget. And the fans that were there that stormed the field, they'll never forget it as
4: well. Um, th- there'll be people who didn't watch the game. that will say, well, well, Kelly Bryant got hurt, right, the quarterback at Clemson. So, so that's why they want, what they miss is that you guys were ready to play right out of the shoot. scored 14 points in the first quarter. Heading into the game, what was your game plan? What was your sense of how you could beat Clemson?
7: Well, I don't, I don't really think there was a sense. We were just hoping that we could survive. You're talking about a defense where you take their first six games previously and they had averaged giving up three points a quarter, three points in the first, three points in the second, three points in the third. And then when you look at the opponents they played, Wake Forest, Boston College, yep. the Heisman Trophy winner at Louisville, uh, NC State, Auburn, with the quarterback transfer from Baylor, I mean, to hold those type of offensive teams to just a three points a quarter was unbelievable. The one thing that we knew we had to do was we had to find a way to start fast, and and we had to pull every trick in the book and try everything that we could. And what we wanted to do was be extremely aggressive. You you, you know how it is when you you kind of get in. You don't want to fight, and you're fighting the bully of the school and right. he's the biggest and the baddest guy in the school. The last thing you want to do in a fight like that because no one thinks you're going to win anyway is not swing first. So we wanted to try to swing first, and then if they beat us up after that, then so be it. No yeah. one expects us to win anyway, yeah. but uh, we definitely wanted to try to swing first.
4: What's part of the game plan to get a delay a game on your first play from scrimmage?
7: I think that was just the coaches trying to get me fired up to make sure I was in the right frame of mind once <laughs> the game starts.
4: Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one of those things, like you're watching, like, are you are you kidding me? And then all of a sudden, every everybody everybody forgets. All right, so... Take me into halftime. Look, everyone has seen your impassioned pre post game speeches. Halftime, it's 17-14. Bryant's hurt, and you go in, and and now the kids, you guys have been close this year with LSU. You guys have been close with NC State. Um, how do you balance out the motivational, now we can win with the adjustments? Because you don't have a ton of time. How did you balance that out at halftime?
7: You know the big thing is in a game like this because the adjustments are so important you have to give the coaches time you can't take up a lot of time with a, a speech that may only last the first play or two coming out at halftime so uh, a lot of that time went to adjustments and then uh, once i got everyone together i just wanted to remind them of what ha- what's happened the last two weeks we go down to lsu it's a game there's five minutes left in the game and we come up short we go to nc state there's 5 6 minutes left left in the game anybody can win and we come up short. And now we're in a game with the number 2 ranked Clemson Tigers who were national champs the year before. And then I just paused and I didn't say anything for about 30 seconds to seem like about 30 minutes. And while they were all looking at me and I didn't say a word and then I told them now let's go. Let's finish it. And that's what they went out and did.
4: They get a makeable field goal, right? Alex Spence got a 38-yard mm-hmm. field goal. They missed it. When a team misses an, a 38-yard field goal, even in college, barely makeable, especially in the Dome, when you could have gotten down three points and everything could have gone to hell in a handbasket, it was meant to be. You know
7: what? I, I really, I, I, thought that we really had a chance. When you think about we had seven points taken off the board for an offensive pass interference penalty. We had I think well excuse me, I think we had fourteen points taken off the board because of penalties. We have a situation where it's third and a whole bunch we run the ball for a substantial gain where we're gonna have an opportunity to kick a fifty yard field goal and at the end of the run the young man coughs the ball up, they pick it up and run it in for a touchdown. That's a that's a ten point swing. We're about to get three and instead of us getting three, we gave them seven that was a 10-point swing right there. I really thought that we left some meat on the bone and that we had an opportunity, just like you said, with the penalty coming out the in first, the first play of the game. We had a penalty on third and three when we were trying to ice the game to go back to third and eight. We, as coaches, we can't have those mistakes. But when those things happen and you still win, I have to admit, going back to the original question, I do think it was just our time. I think somebody up there wanted wanted the orange to win that day.
4: Well, Miami had a kind of a similar escape. I, I know you got to you got to mentally get on to the, to the next game. And now you take on the, the hurricanes, right? Like a, another former power uh, that is uh, that, that they survived Georgia tech in their own fashion. I, I but I, I read where you told, and I, I think I heard earlier this morning um, on radio, you said, Hey, you want your guys to enjoy the ride. How do you, how do you get them to enjoy the ride, but then lock in because you got to go to Miami this weekend
7: well i think the biggest thing is you gotta let it get it out of their system you know Um the way social media is and nowadays and with the millennials it's you don't have control over your young people the way we used to when we were coming up when we were going through the old timers i mean there was one newspaper a local newspaper you controlled the the media content there was no phones that could talk to you no phones that were computers it was in fact phones were like giant walkie-talkie bricks in the black and white movies it, it was it's a totally it's a totally a different deal but nowadays they have so much contact so much content that's out there on the airwaves that to try to keep them from it is being a little bit naive and 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 not real with what's going on in the world so instead of doing that i said okay let's do something different let's let them feet on it, gorge on it, and when they get done and they get tired of eating, okay, we're going to bring them back here Tuesday and get them back into shape and get them ready to play an undefeated ACC opponent that's leading the other side of the conference on their home field on a historic program that's won national championships before.
4: My mom's a Syracuse alum. I know I, I worked for your boss, uh, John Wildhack, uh, when I was over at, at ESPN. It's, there's a there's a powerful alumni contingent. I'm sure you've gotten texts from people who you want to text back, who dis, right? Like, who is this? Uh, biggest name or most interesting text you received after the win last Friday night?
7: Oh, there's a lot. You're going to get me in trouble for that. I mean, the, uh, the first one that jumps off is Mike Oh Tirico.
4: Uh, Tirico is unbelievable on text, right? He'll be in the middle of calling a game and send you a text. I'm sitting there going, where are you at, and how are you texting me from right now? And he's talking
7: about some uh, some tarmac with some plane that he's going to get in trouble. Some waitress, I mean, the airline stewardess is going to get him or something. I mean, he he was unbelievable. But I I've got major boosters, major alumnus. I mean, it's it's been unbelievable, and that's not counting ex players, coaches that are happy for me. It's it's really been. I think I had after the game I had close to 300 text messages, and I didn't get done with them until 1230 in the morning.
4: Wow. Well, listen, congratulations. Uh, get When they get back tomorrow, uh, get them back ready for that big trip to the U as they're, uh, they're atop the other side of the conference. But enjoy this victory lap. It's well-deserved, and we appreciate you joining us. Thank
7: you so much. I appreciate you guys. Have a great day.
4: All right, that's Dino Babers, who's uh, always got great energy. Obviously, it took him a long time to get this opportunity, and um, if you go back to this is his third job, and uh, he's double-digit wins in both his previous spots, Bowling Green before, uh, before getting to the Q's. Uh, it it appears that are bright things on their horizon. You already know how much I love Dollar Shave Club razors, but did you know they offer so much more? They make their high own high quality personal and gr- grooming products for your hair, face, skin, shower, everything. When you're at the store shopping for your personal grooming needs, there are just so many options. So instead, use Dollar Shave Club. Razors, body cleanser, hair gel, or pomade, goop, whatever you want. Uh, even butt wipes. <laughs> Dollar Shave Club has you covered head to toe with high quality stuff that looks leaves me looking and feeling great. Right now, you can all, try it all for just $5. That's right. The first month starter set just $5. You get shave butter, which is like shave cream, only get the like the best shave of your life. Body cleanser for the shower, butt wipes for, well, whenever you need it, and a month of their best razors. After that, replacement cartridge ship for just a few bucks a month. Don't miss out. Get your starter set for just $5 today, exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash Gottlieb. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash Gottlieb. At Farmers, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two, like how to help so you can make sure you're ready for some of life's unexpected hazards. Stay ahead of the game with tips from a knowledgeable pro at Farmers.com.
8: We are Farmers. Bum, ba, da, bum, 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 bum. Every
4: week at this time of the Doug Gottlieb Show, we're uh, just thrilled to be joined by a two-time Pro Bowler. Strongly opinionated, D'Angelo Williams joins us here on the show. Um, all right, dude, there's a ton of stuff I, I would assume you'd want to get to. Like, I'm assuming you want to talk about the Steelers and finally giving the ball to Le'Veon Bell, something you've called for in the past. But uh, I'll just ask you, like, the two things that surprised you the m- most in the NFL this weekend are what?
1: Okay, so the first thing uh, that surprised me in no particular order that I wanted to talk about is the fact that the Chicago Bears are 2-0 and against AFC teams, particularly the AFC North, beating Baltimore and the Pittsburgh Steelers, but are 0-4 against NFC teams. Uh, that's what surprised me, secondly, Number one, this is what surprised me out of the entire NFL. I want to publicly issue an apology to Adrian Peterson because I thought.
4: He was washed.
1: That once he went to Arizona, that not, not, not that he was washed. I thought when he went to Arizona, there wouldn't be enough carries to give him 20 plus carries. being is the fact, one, he had just switched from a pass happy offense to another pass happy offense. Two, the fact that he wouldn't get the offense down fast enough for them to inject him into the game so fast. And then three, that they just couldn't find him the carries. But Bruce Aarons, I apologize to you two as well, uh, because I didn't think you were going to be able to find 20-plus carries for the beast in Adrian Peterson, and you guys proved me wrong. So that was my biggest surprise of the National Football League yesterday was the fact that Bruce Aarons found Adrian Peterson, twenty six carries, and he gave you a hundred plus yards and two touchdowns, but he did give you a fumble, so yeah. he's definitely back to the Adrian Peterson of old. You know, it's
4: it's interesting because uh, I, when when he signed there, um, my NFL guys said they all liked it because you know a lot of a lot of downhill runs, um, a, lot, a lot of running style that he's kind of used to, and then you know, like, look, this is where they've they've done it before, previous regimes, Emmitt Smith, Adrian James. You know, they didn't, uh,
1: they didn't look like Adrian Peterson. Though. No, no, no. I understand.
4: <laughs> I understand. But they've had, you know, they've tried to reinvigorate uh, the career of, of other of other running backs. Like, just it's interesting. But maybe more fascinating is the team that he left, which is the Saints. And like, I respected the backfield. We all knew why the, the you know, he just wasn't going to get the carries. He's never going to be happy with that limited role in New Orleans. But I just didn't think New Orleans was any good when they were zero and two. And now all of a sudden they turn around. And look at how much – how have they changed so dramatically, D'Angelo?
1: What was uh Arizona? Or are you talking about – uh, New Orleans. Orleans.
4: I'm, I'm talking about the team oh, you they, left. They've,
1: they've, they've changed big time. I, I, it's the age-old additive when you got too many running backs, you have none. Yep. Or if you have too many of something, you have none. Because they gave Mark Ingram the ball 25 times, and he rushed for 114 yards. Uh, granted, he did have 36 yards out of the backfield on five catches. But, I mean, that's because he can catch the ball out of the backfield. But now Mark Ingram doesn't have to look over his shoulder when he goes into the game. It's more of a fluid offense because Drew Brees knows what he can do and what he can't do in Mark Ingram. There's no Hall of Famer versus Hall of Famer conversation going on. So it's not – Mark Ingram says something, it will never trump what Drew Brees says. Uh But if Adrian Peterson said something, then now it's a little different. That conversation is a lot different.
4: Is it as simple I mean like look, I know you look at the Steelers, everybody points to their offense and the fact they gave it to Le'Veon thirty two times. And that's a pretty that's a pretty sound argument to make. But it's also important to point out their defense held Kareem Hunt to nine carries twenty one yards. Was there something they did differently to shut down the, the Chiefs running game?
1: Oh my God, Doug. I I I think every week when I talk to him I'm like he's gonna, he's gonna learn. He's gonna learn. He's gonna learn me, he's gonna learn us and we're going to be this dynamic duo, but you let me down every week. It has nothing to do with stopping Kareem Hunt to nine yards. All you had to do was bully that offensive line. That's that's who's been doing all the work the entire season has been that offensive line. You hit him in the mouth and you bully them, there's no way that running back can get up and do what he does. However, he did contribute in the passing game, and I knew that that was going to happen because Pittsburgh, they preached, shut down the run, shut down the run, shut down the run. Hey, Alex Smith had an opportunity, a golden opportunity this weekend to show that he was the quarterback uh, of the future or a quarterback that's primed for a big contract and a quarterback that can win games with his arm. And he let Kansas City down again.
4: No, I know. But, like, look, this, the Steelers, and even after even after what they did yesterday to Kansas City, they're 27th in uh, yards per attempt uh, they're like twenty eighth in yards given up in terms of a running game. Uh, like yeah. they, they, I know what they preach, but they haven't been stopping the run. And then yesterday, yeah, they did they, stop they, the run. every
1: every team that they've played thus far haven't had a rushing attack like the Kansas City Chiefs. What people don't understand is everything that the Kansas City Chiefs revolve around getting the run game going. We got to get the run game going so guys can play seven, eight, nine in the box to stop Kareem Hunt so we can go over the top and let Alex Smith does what he, do what he does in terms of throwing the college open wide receivers because everybody's focusing on that run game. Well, he didn't have that this weekend. He had to make those accurate throws that he sometimes doesn't make that a lot of people think he makes all the time in this game. It's
4: Doug Gottlieb, show Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of D'Angelo Williams. Um, how concerned should the Raiders be? They're 2-4 now. Derek Carr did play, and they got beat at home by the Chargers. How concerned should they be?
1: They shouldn't be concerned at all. I was concerned last year when they had a good season last year. But they're back to the Oakland Raiders of old. We all know this Oakland Raiders team. I mean two and four <laughs> it's only different because it's this year, not last year. But if you compare them to the last five or six seasons that they've had, they this is where they this is the Oakland Raiders that we know. The Oakland Raiders we don't know was the Oakland Raiders of last year.
4: What's the matter with the Falcons?
1: Um, you know, I, I've been trying to put my finger on that all, like, ever since that game was over, like the Miami Dolphins. But, again, I mean, the Steelers lost to, you know, the Chicago Bears. So, they're not as – Miami's not as bad as a lot of people think they are. It just comes down to guys not making their plays. I just don't understand why they don't get the ball with Julio. Like, I don't care if it's 14 people on Julio and you're only allowed 11. I'm throwing the ball to Julio. He's proven that he can go up and he can come down with the ball, just like Randy Moss. You know that you can get this guy the ball, and that's just something that they're not doing. I think they're getting away from the game plan that they had last year. The game plan that they had last year was very similar to the Kansas City Chiefs in terms of we're going to get this run game going, and then we're going to throw the ball. I think it's more so we're going to throw the ball to open up the run where the play action is not as effective as it used to be. And it's just not – they're not getting the ball down the field. And that's what's killing them.
4: We haven't talked since Thursday Night Football. Obviously, you have a ton of knowledge from having played in Carolina. Uh, Cam was 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 terrible the first three games, was awesome for two games. I mean, awesome. And then kind of a, really, like a mixed bag on Thursday. Now, look, the offensive line didn't help him out. He had people – and as Cam has said, like, he doesn't like people by his legs and he didn't have a, a clean pocket – but he was really inconsistent on Thursday. What'd you see from the Panthers?
1: <laughs> really inconsistent, huh? I, uh, I I looked at these stats the other day on Cam just to bring it up. Uh, the, the one year where he had 35 touchdowns and, and 10 picks was 2015. That's the year that they went to the Super Bowl uh, and and lost. But every season uh, after that or before that, yep. People's double digit touchdowns, seventeen or nineteen touchdowns, he was twelve to fifteen picks. So looking at that lets me know that he's never been extremely accurate. He's just been okay at best. And right now he's not playing his best. And his best is okay. So when he's doing what he's doing like he did on Thursday night, that's the cam that that's not playing his best. He's playing okay and it doesn't it's below the line. That's what's going on. And it doesn't help that Luke Kuechly's back in concussion protocol because he's the signal call on that defense. And that's ultimately where they're lacking at is on defense. Whenever Luke goes down, man, that defense breaks down big time. So, you know, he's a key cog in that defense and keeps that defense going and rolling.
4: How did the Giants beat the Broncos? Like, how? How did that happen? Like, like they, they, they don't have any wide receivers. Like, how do you go? And they haven't had yeah, a running I, game all year. How did that happen?
1: I thought when I turned that game on and I was watching that game, I was like, I am literally about to witness a murder on live TV and people are going to watch this and they're going to get away with it. Well, what I didn't take in consideration was the person or the group of men that was stepping out there on that field was also armed and took full advantage of the team that was supposed to have been doing the murdering. That's what happened during that game. Because Eli, he had an opportunity to stand up and actually throw the ball downfield when he wasn't on his back. Whereas in previous games, he was always either running for his life, and we all know that Eli's not the most mobile quarterback in the world. So he was running for his life, and he was throwing on the run. Eli's not accurate, in my opinion, on the run. He's better in the pocket and stepping up. And he had an opportunity to step up and deliver the ball in most cases. And then that run game, they tried to establish the run game. Uh, they gave him uh, they actually gave more carries in the run game than I think they've had in the previous weeks but you know what do I know I just play football
4: no listen i i just don't understand how the how they protected him against the broncos like the broncos have a great pass yeah, rush playing at home like i don't get i don't know what what the hell happened i just i don't know what happened
1: yeah i i was i was shocked too but they only put up 10 points so you know we'd have to point that to the defensive. i mean their defense showed up and played the game, uh, the Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seaman threw two picks. He was sacked four times. Eli was sacked three times. Normally, that number is a lot higher during the season. And they ran the ball.
4: Which they had which that, they was had, which, shocking. Which which they, they hadn't done. They ran the
1: ball on the Denver Broncos. Yeah. They ran it. They, which, and that, then they stopped the run, and, you know, Simeon couldn't throw it.
4: Yeah, Great stuff, D'Angelo. D'Angelo, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, man. I'm just. Uh, Again, I want to apologize to the goat and uh, let him know. I mean, if somebody hears this that has a direct line to him, please let Adrian Peterson know that I didn't doubt him. I doubted his offensive coordinator on getting him the ball, and they definitely did that. Now don't don't make me a liar week the next week if they don't give you the ball. I just want to apologize though.
4: Fair enough. That will definitely reverberate uh, in the in the in the desert. Thanks so much, D'Angelo. Deangelo. Williams joining us with True Car. You can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for. New or used, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Let's bring in Dan, uh, Steve Sager with some big news in the NBA.
5: Yeah, the Spurs gave LaMarcus Aldridge a reported three-year extension. Two reports say it's worth over $70 million. I'm sure you'll be talking about that this hour. Lakers rookie guard Lonzo Ball did scrimmage with the team today. He's had a sprained ankle. He says he's good to go for their Thursday night opener against the Clippers. The NBA regular season opens Tuesday with two games. The Cavs still say today they don't know if LeBron James with his sprained ankle will play. Uh, a teammate says absolutely he's going to play tomorrow. We'll see. Ten, 11 games, by the way, on Wednesday night, one NHL game this evening. Louisville officially fired basketball coach Rick Pitino today after 16 years there. The Raiders have signed linebacker Navarro Bowman. He still gets the full season salary from the 49ers, plus a reported $3 million this year on the one-year deal with Oakland. Tampa Bay quarterback Jameis Winston's shoulder injury is a sprained AC joint, according to NFL Network, which also says wide receiver Golden Tate of the Lions has an AC joint sprain, and he could miss a few weeks. Detroit is just starting its bye week. Vikings quarterback Teddy Bridgewater- could be activated in the next couple weeks, coming back from his serious knee injury of last year. Bridgewater has been cleared to practice. Sam Bradford's still dealing with a sore knee. And the Packers promoted quarterback Joe Callahan from the practice squad. The Monday nighter is Indianapolis at Tennessee. And on FS1 8 p.m. Eastern time, the Yankees host Houston. Game three of the ALCS back to you.
4: I just, like, I'm dumbfounded by the Spurs signing a long-term deal with but Marcus, is anybody else like he was a bad fit? Like people are talking about trading him in the offseason. He's a bad fit. Like I don't. Uh, yes, John. Ryan.
3: I just, I agree. When I saw it pop up on Twitter, I said, didn't Why? they like not go together last year? Like, what is this all about? And then right away, I mean, I agree with you. Not that you need me to agree with you, but 100% you are right on with that.
4: No, you do. You need to agree with me. Otherwise, we'd, we'd, <laughs> we'd fire you. We'd fire your ass pretty quickly here. I think you like I don't. Get, get the, Like, I know they had a good regular season, but the whole thing was like, eh, really a spur, not really a fit for 21st century. Like, they got him, and they I thought Pau Gasol wasn't a good fit, then they re-up Pau Gasol. Like, maybe this is the magic of the Spurs. They're going to zag when everybody else zigs, I guess. Yes. Yes, Rhyme Music.
9: So, Kawhi Leonard is very quiet. Like, he's not one of the superstars in the NBA that has a big personality and is always voicing his opinion.
4: Any personality.
9: Right. So he has no personality. Net, right. At some point, do you think he's looking around at his team, going like, "Okay, so you mean to tell me Russell Westbrook wins the MVP, and then they go get him, Paul George and Carmelo Anthony, and now I'm over here with Paul Gasol and the Marcus Aldridge? Like, is he the type of person well, they got that some- Rudy
4: Gay. They got him Rudy Gay too.
9: At some point, do you think he's going to want out of San Antonio?
4: I I I think those guys those guys end up drinking the Kool-Aid and become you know they they become Spurs and they, they think everybody else this is a little bit like the first of all they've won sh- titles they've consistently found ways to to win right and even last year take a guess how many games they won the regular season last year take a guess 50
9: that's
3: too much
4: you
9: 45 is too much I think the Spurs won 59 games
4: um Ramos, do you want to rethink
3: your number?
9: <laughs> I'll say 55. How's that?
4: The San Antonio Spurs last year won 61 games. Wow, 61 games. right They were only six games back at the Golden State Warriors. and they they also rested guys. I mean they they they, they didn't it wasn't like they played all out every game, whatever. Um, so as much as we could sit here and go like, that won't work. they've consistently found ways to make it work. So do I think he does? I don't. I don't. Now, he's from Los Angeles. Didn't he just sign up? Did he sign a big deal? I remember he signed an extension, but I don't know if it was a max extension. I felt like it was a little bit less than he could have gotten open market. Um no, I don't, I think it's like once a spur, you never leave. It's like skulls, man. Like once you're you're like in the club. They just they look at everybody else like everybody else is crazy. Like you guys are crazy. Like, no, everybody else is crazy. Like, well, maybe I am crazy. You ever have something like that? You ever yeah. talk to a crazy person? Like, <laughs> crazy. Uh, right, which, where, like, they sit there and they claim to be the Lord and Savior. And you're like, man, that guy is crazy. And they start talking to we like, wait, <laughs> maybe I'm the crazy one.
9: Oh, it's, it's similar to where you're like, hey, remember when the whatever the Bronco or the, the Giants beat the Broncos and they're like no they didn't you're like no I watched it last night the Giants went into Denver and beat the Broncos they're they like no they didn't and you're like wait okay wait did they like all of a sudden they're so certain in their wrong opinion they've convinced you that you're the one who's wrong
4: yeah not only the Spurs won 61 games they lost their last three games of the regular season because they were arresting their guys yeah yeah no it's it's crazy so, to answer your question, like, we're all saying they should do something different. When anybody's paying attention, it's like, why should they do something different? They just keep winning. But look, the big question is going to be um, uh, DeJounte Murray starting at point. Remember, Mono Ginobili's coming back for another year? Like, again? Mono's been too old for like five years, right? Like, oh, he's too old. He just keeps coming back. Keep coming back. They just keep finding ways to, like, reinvent guys. But, yes, I would agree. The LaMarcus Aldridge, re-signing LaMarcus Aldridge to three more years strikes me as odd. That, that That's four years, right? Total, so he's with them four years? I didn't think it was a great – he's 32. But I guess, like, in Spurs' age, like, 32 for everybody – is like 28 for everybody. It's like the opposite of players from Dominican Republic in baseball where he's like, oh, he's 29. Oh, you mean he's 31. <laughs> right? In the Spurs, if you're 32, like, you're, like, 29 basketball age. Yeah, basically, he's basically a rookie. Basically a rookie. Like, Tony Parker's, like, 35. Like, oh, he's over there. He's like, no, nah, he's really, like, 32. Been playing the NBA since he's 19. Skip Bayless thinks Ben McAdoo saved his job last night. I'll tell you if I agree. Next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for and, on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit TrueCar Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb show. Mm, 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 mm. Fox Sports Radio. Nice. Right, so we got some Skip for you. We got some calling for you, right? Every day we try and play you a portion of something you heard earlier on Fox Sports Radio. Whether it's out to get the coverage with Clay Travis or Dan Patrick show uh, or Rich Eisen or Colin Cowherd or... Uh, First Things First, which is a TV show. Chris Carter, Nick Wright, Jenna Wolfe, or, of course, Undisputed, Skip Bayless, Shannon Sharp, and um, Joy Taylor. Right? We play a portion of one of our great radio shows or TV shows that are on Sirius XM Channel 83, we call it. And now. Giants with a huge upset of the Denver Broncos. Don't know how it happened. I know they... Had uh, some guy named Sullivan call plays for him. Seemed to work. Sully. seemed – Anybody's name is Sullivan, is, right? Sullivan. Your nickname is Sully. Murphy. Your nickname is Murph, right? Here's uh, Skip Bayless on what it meant for Ben McAdoo.
3: It looks like Ben McAdoo or Ben McAdoo might have just saved his job by firing himself from calling plays, that right? Was, Mike, Sullivan, Mike did Sullivan did a great job. Mike Sullivan elevated, and it looked like a, a real football team.
1: Skip, I can't even say he did a good job. When you throw five passes to the tight end, you complete eleven passes and five of them go to the tight end, and six go to the other players, and two go to the receivers. So I I can't even say he called a great game. Mm. The only thing is is that when one team, when you worry about who's not playing for one team and you don't take care of your business, see, you can't worry about who they put out there. The only thing you can control is what you do once you're out there. Mm -hmm. Odell and Marshall and Shepard playing should have had no effect, no impact.
4: No, I don't really understand that one. I don't understand what Shannon was saying. I I do understand. I mean, like, look, they ran the football better. They shortened it. This is how you, this is actually how the Broncos, when they had Tim Tebow, okay, they didn't win because of Tim Tebow. And this is the problem when people don't understand sports. Okay, they won because they did what you do when you're you're at a talent disadvantage in certain places. You play to your strengths and you hide your weaknesses, right? This is like what I told my son. My son's eight years old and he's left-handed, but he dribbles better with his right hand. Hard to explain. So he got into an AU game. His first AAU game, he's playing against like 9- and 10-year-old kids. And he, he tries to use his left hand, which we've been working on, and he gets the ball stolen from him. So after the game, I was like, hey, why are you dribbling his left hand? He's like, well, we've been practicing. I was like, when you get in a game, you, you play to your strengths and hide your weaknesses. That's what you do. When you're in practice, you, play, you, you work on your weaknesses and don't worry about your strengths as much. Well, when Tim Tebow was with the Broncos, what did they do? They ran the football, which shortens the game. What does shorten the game mean? Less possessions, less time on defense, less time to get gashed, less possessions on offense to get exposed. Right? They played to their strengths, which was, at the time, their defense, their pass rush, and they had a great uh, – Prater was their kicker. in He's already a good kicker, and then in altitude, he was obscene that year. So that's what they did. And they kind of tried to keep it in third and manageable, and then once they got to the fourth quarter, you start playing some soft zone against him. Tebow could complete some passes. And as long as they didn't turn the football over, they'd be right there. They'd be competitive, and their kicking game allowed it. So all they had to do was get on the right side of the 50-yard line, and they put themselves in position to score. That's it. That's what the Giants did last night. That's what the Giants did. They had 12 first downs all night. 12 first downs all night. Uh, but they dominated uh, They dominated uh, the time possession. I mean, they didn't dominate. They had a little bit more possession, and they didn't turn the football over. Broncos had three turnovers, two interceptions, one fumble. Broncos couldn't run the football. They made the Broncos into a one-dimensional team. Trevor Simeon's not a particularly good passer, and they exposed that. So Broncos gained 412 yards, a bunch of yards, but it's because they were behind, had to throw the ball late, because the Giants had shrunk the game and taken advantage of turnovers. But did Ben McAdoo save his job? Yeah, I'm not sure he was going to lose his job, but... um, By being more conservative, running the football, shortening the game, and allowing somebody else to call plays—something he wasn't even a play caller in Green Bay before he came over—I think it's pretty smart. I think it's pretty smart coaching. Stunner. And you know, look—they didn't bring DRC, uh, who was a malcontent, and they didn't have Odell Beckham, who at time was a malcontent, and they didn't have Brandon Marshall, who was a malcontent. That's the classic addition by subtraction. Those guys are more talented, but they don't help you always win. Here's
3: Colin Cowherd on uh, Matt Ryan. Let's check in on uh, Matt Ryan's year and Andy Dalton to see how dissimilar they are. Oh, wait. Virtually the same quarterback. Look at the passer rating, completion percentage, passing yards, touchdown, interception. Interesting, isn't it? You're stubborn if you don't back down, if you're wrong and don't do your homework. You do it. Matt Ryan, 10 years in the NFL, one perfect year with a great offensive coordinator, a healthy team, and the division went into the tank in a weaker schedule. By the way, if you take out the one great year from Matt Ryan, do you know what he averages per game in his NFL career? One and a half touchdowns, one interception, two hundred sixty yards, and a passer rating of ninety. Welcome to Andy Dalton in a dome.
4: Uh, look, I don't think he. I think he's much better than Andy Dalton. I just do. What What Colin may have missed was the Falcons were up seventeen nothing in the going into the half at home. They give up a fifteen play seventy five yard drive. Uh, from the Dolphins. So it's 17-7, and they come out and they try and throw the ball on first down. He gets sacked and goes to hell in a handbasket. Um, their offense isn't as good, and I think Steve Sarkeesian is a big reason why. I just don't think he is is completely lockstep in a rhythm. Do I think that Matt Ryan is as good as he played last year? No. Do I think he's as average as Colin would, would uh, profess to you? No, I do not. I think the truth is somewhere in the middle.
3: What's up, the uh
4: what what uh what was what did the fox say is what do we call it what was the fox say what did the fox say what would the fox say brought to you by true car you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for new or used visit true car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience there are certain rules that when you find them out they don't make any sense and the only difference in what happened to the new york jets last uh last after yesterday afternoon and what could happen to you walking out of a bar is that this one was on tv that's it there are rules in society there are rules in driving there are rules in voting there are rules in football basketball it don't make any sense the difference is it was on tv i'll I'll, I'll make it clear as day. Next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Boom, track. Hope you're having a great Monday. I am because I still have that, uh, still got that sports high. You know, I, I've told you guys this a long time. It's like, you ever have a great date, you know, a great night with the great lady, uh, or a great weekend with your kids, or you maybe all of those things, and... Um, or you get you get offered a new job, like it just it's a high. It just it it lasts you, right? I Sports was so good this weekend, so good. Our thanks to Dino Babers, who's the Syracuse head coach. He joined us earlier. If you missed that, download the podcast. Thanks to Todd Graham, Arizona State head coach. Both pulled off the upsets. Both joined us earlier. You can get both on the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Um, I will get back into Joe Madden, who I st- I think is ridiculous. Ridiculously awful with his bullpen. But um, I digress. I'll get back to that in, in a moment. Look, th- there are laws that don't make any sense. Right? Like um, public intoxication. Right, You're allowed to drink in a bar. And obviously... You have to get home. Right. But by letter of the law, a police officer, let's say you walk out of a bar. And you're waiting for your Uber. Right. And you're getting silly. And what you are as a drunk is what you really are. right? like angry drunk. That's really an angry person. This is. Silly drunk. I'm I when I drink, I get silly. I get happy. I'm just smiling. Right? Like you might think I'm on something more than just a couple of couple of drinks, but it's because that's just kind of. I, and I'm not saying it to make myself anything different. That's really how I am. Like I'm just I I crack dumb jokes. I get kind of childish. I get silly. I get goofy. But let's say, even you're silly drunk and you're messing around and you fall down, you fall all over so. Technically, while waiting for an Uber, which is the right thing to do, or waiting for a lift, or waiting for a ta- taxi, or waiting for your friend to come pick you up, all of these things are exactly how you're supposed to handle yourself if you've had too much drink at somebody's house or at a bar, and you're on the sidewalk, and you mind yourself, and you just had too much to drink, and you sit down, <laughs> right, you can get arrested. Even if you're doing technically the right thing, like I had too much to drink, I stopped, bartender's like, you're done here, and you walk out, and you press the button, and the car's come to get you. That's what happened to the Jets. That's what happened to the Jets. Because what would happen, this happened to me last week. Um, In California, if you have a, uh, if you have an admissions free vehicle, electric, electric vehicle, you can drive in the carpool lane even if you don't have anybody with you. That's the HOV lane if you don't have the carpool lane, right? So I have uh, filled out the deal. It's like eight bucks to get that sticker on my car. And I got pulled over by a cop because I don't have that sticker. And the police officer's like, you can't ride by yourself in the carpool lane. I was like, but ma'am, this is an electric car. She's like, we don't have the sticker. I was like, well, I ordered the sticker, but you don't have the sticker. I was like, listen, I understand by letter of the law, you can pull me over. But spirit of the law, right? Like, again, and I'm, I try to defend police officers uh, against protests. Like, and this is what I say, like, you know, I had nothing to do with anything other than, like, apparently she just wanted to be a jerk. Because anybody who pulls over a car, which is clearly an electric car, it is clearly an electric car, in the HOV lane is just doing it to be an ass. That's, that's it. And you may say, well, you're just driving in that. No, no, no. I, I know I'm okay. right? Like, literally, it's eight bucks and you get a sticker and I paid the money to get the sticker. I just hadn't arrived in the mail. And hundreds of other police officers have driven past me and they don't do anything. That's what happened with Austin Ferry and Jenkins. He's going into the end zone and by letter of which is a stupid rule. Look, the people are going to get it twisted. They're going to say that it's only stupid because he didn't lose the football. It's a stupid rule regardless that if, you, if you're if you going in the end zone and you fumble it and it goes out of bounds through the end zone that you lose the football. Like that's a, a, that is the dumbest thing ever. You were the last one to have possession of the ball. You should get possession is nine tenths of the law, whatever. You should get the ball back at the spot where you fumbled or something, right? I, I, look, the intent is you shouldn't be able to fumble the ball into the end zone and get rewarded. So, get the ball back where it was fumbled. Why does the defense get it? What the hell did they do to earn it? Well, they jostled it loose for a a split second. Like, he didn't I mean, look, he didn't even lose the ball. Ball didn't go scurrying out on the turf. They just fumbled for a second. Nobody thinks this is a good rule. Al uh, Riveron, who's the vice president officiating, by rule, he has to reestablish possession. He must regain control of the football before he hits out of bounds. He has not regained control of the football before he hits out of bounds. They're just sitting there going, like, that's the rule. That's the rule. You know, that's the rule, and that's the rule, and that's the rule. Like, it's a terrible rule. Because he didn't lose the football. Like, did he lose the football? Did it come out in the – like, even if I don't agree with the overall rule of the ball rolling out of the end zone should be – even if you want to say, like, well, the defense can jostle the ball free and you got to hold on to the football and complete the process and blah, 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 blah. And forget about the fact that when you're running into the end zone, all you simply have to do is cross the plane with the ball in your hands and then somebody can smack it out. But once you cross the plane, you're good. Like, it just these. There is no, um, they're not congruent rules, they don't all fit together. These are the problems with life that just doesn't make any sense, right? Like, you gotta kind of make it. It's all kind of gotta make sense. You know? Happens in politics. Happens in politics. It's like the people who are against, well, there's a good portion of people who are against uh, universal health care, right? Or you wanna call it Obamacare or whatever the ACA is. You're against that. Um, But you're also uh, anti abortion. So you want people to have babies, but then you don't want them to have moms to have insurance if they can't afford it and have the government help that, right? Like, hmm. There's no correlation that doesn't fit together. Like, if you want to force people to have an unwanted pregnancy to term to have the baby, then you have to support the mom and the baby once they have the baby, right? I like things that all kind of make sense together. If you want people to catch an Uber after leaving a bar, you can't arrest them for public intox there's falling down drunk on the sidewalk. And and if the whole deal is to have the football across the plane and you had possession last and you have possession when you're sitting out of bounds and nobody else ever touched the football, well, that doesn't make any sense. The best part or maybe worst part was, maybe the worst part, I think worst. Uh, Ramos, you tell me if it's best or worst. Did you see the um, uh, Tony Carrente, who was on the on the crew? Tony Carrente afterwards told the pool reporter it was obvious. <laughs> That's what he said. He said it was obvious. Like, it was obvious? Really? Because um, by definition, the word obvious is easily perceived or understood, self-evident. Or apparent. Now, I watched the play live. I wasn't clear. Self-evident or apparent. I watched it on replay. And it still wasn't easily perceived. And it definitely, sure as hell, wasn't understood. Like, I don't understand. He had the ball. And then he had the ball. And the ball kind of got jostled. But he still had the ball. And he took a touchdown off the board. Okay then, as long as if it may be obvious, or the definition of obvious is not obvious to Tony Corrente, who is the head of the uh, head of that crew. Um, and look, I I don't know. Look, I thought I thought uh, Bulls, he was clearly clearly going for it. You know, they threw the ball and threw an interception at the end of the first half, which led to a touchdown. But I mean, the Jets are playing their they took us off. They're really playing their nuts off. And I don't know if they would have won the game, but obviously would have completely changed the dynamic of that game. I can't say that without question, six games in the season, the New York Jets being three and three is a surprise to the NFL. There's no question. I mean, people are talking about how historically bad this team should be. All right. We'll turn to basketball upcoming next. The, uh, the Miami heat were a fascinating team last year massive injuries early in the season, which caused people to think, all right, they're going to tank, try and get a draft pick. And they nearly made the playoffs. Now they're back at full strength, but what is the perceived goal of the year to which everyone is awarding the Eastern conference championship to the heat? We'll ask Justin, justice Winslow. Uh, He'll join us upcoming next. But first, uh, there are things that you don't want to talk about, but you have to take care of. Life insurance is probably the most prominent of those things. It's that subject that uh, you've thought about and you'd never really kind of fixed in your life, right? So I want you to call Select Quote because they got a there's a difference with Select Quote. Most companies give you one option, one policy, one rate. Select quote shops the companies it represents to give you options that save you time and money. Select quote could get you up to 15 life insurance options from highly rated life insurance companies. So give them a call at 800-881-4466. You get a policy like this one. 40-year-old male takes cholesterol medication to get $500,000 in life insurance for under $25 a month. That could be your cost to protect your family. I want you to give a select quote at 800-881-4466 or go to selectquote.com today for a totally free personal quote. 800-881-4466. That's 800-881-4466. Get full details in the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Here's the select quote difference. Most companies give you one option, one policy, one rate, but select quote gives you options, lots of options. I want you to give select quote a call at 800-881-4466 or go to selectquote.com today for a totally free personal quote. Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, NBA season kicks off tomorrow night. Um... But uh, look, uh, you know, there's there's <laughs> it's funny. There's lots of interesting teams. I mean, super interesting. Will the Milwaukee Bucks take kind of their next step? That's a huge question, Mark. With the Greek freak and Jabari Parker come back at some point fully healthy. Uh, what do the Clippers look like after trading away Chris Paul for so many different pieces? Could they be a better team? What does Chris Paul? How does Chris Paul play with the Houston Rockets? Like, how does that fit in? A team that I think people in the NBA were fascinated by was the Miami Heat. They had so many injuries last year that people just kind of left them for dead. And then they end up nearly becoming a playoff team. One of those injuries was to Justice Winslow, from former first-round pick. He tore towards labrum, had it surgically repaired, non-shooting shoulder. Uh, he joins us now, getting ready for his third NBA season. Uh, he joins us on behalf of uh, MedRx. Of course, makes all those great protein shakes and bars, that nutrition supplement, uh, here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Justice, how are you?
8: Good. How are you doing, man?
4: Good, man. Um, what's it like when Michael Jordan says you play in a garbage team? I mean, right? He said there's uh, all the other 28 teams that are garbage, including the one he owns, and there's two really good teams. What's uh, what, what's that like?
8: Um, well, at least for right now, you know, we're all we're all zero and zero. So um, there's really no team, you know, better better right now. But um, I don't pay that any mind. Um, you know, with the team we have uh we have a chance to, to 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 go in the right direction this year and and really build on how we ended the season last year so um you know i don't i don't pay any mind to you know his comments he's entitled to whatever he kind of wants to say but um for us we know what kind of team we're capable of being especially when healthy um we showed glimpses of that last season so it's just about putting uh the puzzle together and uh you know working it all out
4: all right let, let's start with you personally you lost a bunch of weight here uh in your in your rehab right like you totally trimmed up you're much thinner than you were in terms of uh, of body fat what'd you do Did you change your diet what'd you do
5: um
8: well i mean i, I partnered with metrics i mean there were a lot of lonely emotional kind of just in my bed alone you know nights you know going through the rehab process and uh, one of the things i wanted to do was uh, i wanted to lean out i wanted i saw different players you know do it and um the effect it had for their game and so um that was a big goal of mine was to lean out. And so the partnership with metrics came at the perfect time, you know, with their, their protein bars, their big 400 bar, um, all their protein supplements, working with Travelle games, uh, this off season. Um, that's something that was a, a high priority. And uh, in between, you know, the nutrition supplement in and, and my diet, uh, that's where I saw the most, uh, the most uh, efficiency and effectiveness. And so for me, uh had to give up the candy, sour patches, Skittles, uh all the cereals. Um, uh, had to give it up and uh I mean it's it's not easy, it still isn't, you know, every now and then I let myself cheat, but um that that's just been the biggest thing in, in trimming down and obviously you gotta you gotta work at it, you gotta work hard, but um yeah, down 10, 15 pounds and um just feeling more explosive, feeling lighter, um and still feeling strong though, you know, yeah. didn't lose any strength. Uh, shoulder's feeling good, so I'm excited for the season.
4: Okay, wait, wait. Let's let's go through this. Um, and I hate to do this because you're rehabbing from not just your shoulder, from from losing Sour Patch Kids, Sour Patch stuff, which is which hard. And <laughs> and cereal. Favorite cereal is what?
8: Well, the old me was would, would the have old to you. Say, old you.
4: Like don't don't go healthy. You okay? Don't give me some like great grains. You know, which I I actually enjoy. If this
8: is my last day, if this is my last day yeah, on earth, yeah. I would I would have to rock out with. I'm I'm going all out, and I'm a, I'm gonna make some type of mixture of fruity pebbles, uh, frosted flakes, and lucky charms. I'm gonna just mix them all in. Wow,
4: that's like you'd be like my kids after Halloween candy, just completely oding on sugar. Okay, you're at you're at the movies, all right? Let's pretend that like people go to the movies again. Uh, what do you get? Mm-hmm. What do you get? Again, old you, not the new. old me. Old, old you. Me? Old you. Yes.
8: The old me is probably going to get icy. Um, the new me might even still get icy, just because you have to. Wait, red or blue icy? Um,
4: red or blue icy?
8: Red for sure. Okay.
4: Okay. Yeah, you could have gone mixed um, too. And then uh, popcorn.
8: I learned this from I learned this from J- uh, before he before he went the whole vegan thing. He used to, or he probably still does. He, he used to put uh, M and M's in his popcorn. Of course, I would do that. and yeah, like, I would no. also add jalapenos.
4: Jalapenos in your popcorn. Yeah, old me old me would have done, they, they like, do you want butter? Yes, not only do I want butter, but I will wait for the next batch of popcorn. I want you to halfway up the biggest thing you got, and then I want butter on top of that, and then fill it up, and then I want butter on top of that, and then I want salt on top of that. And then I want, you can do that. Uh, you can do, the bet even better than M&M's is Reese's Pieces with hot. I would be a very good fat person. I'm not, but I would be a very good Reese's Ooh. Pieces with hot popcorn. is pretty, pretty spectacular. I
8: might have to go to the movies then i got to find a date.
4: <laughs> Just Justice Justice Winslow joining us desperately seeking for for uh, for female accompaniment. desperately yeah. really,
8: desperately that, really seeking a date for this popcorn uh, movie night tonight. So ladies if you're out there listening.
4: You know what's crazy is when you when you went to Duke there was a thought, well to be in the NBA he's got to be a three man. And then when you guys won the national championship one of the big things was you played power forward. Now you're in the NBA and everybody's playing small. So as much as you'll probably start at the small forward, like you're gonna play just as much power forward now in the NBA. It's it's really kinda of fascinating on how the NBA has evolved to everybody has to have a small ball lineup.
8: Yeah, I mean, um, that's just pretty much how how it's going. I mean, you see the teams that are winning, that's how that's our third lineup ending the game. So it's not that so much you wanna um you know, adjust to to their playing style, or you're trying to match up with them. But um, it's just showing to be, you know, almost more effective. And I mean, they're winning that way. So you're with the teams. Golden State is winning with Draymond, KD, you know, Iggy, Dallas, Steph, and Clay, you know, out there. So um, you know, you you got to figure out a way to match up. And you know, we have a great big man who Hassan, who's actually able to switch off into smaller guards, and so we can use that to our advantage too. But um, just having being able to put smaller lineups out there to to match up better is is a great luxury for us we're super versatile as a, as a team but um you know i didn't growing up i didn't think i'll be playing four in the nba but um and you know it is what it is you know it's, it's just the best um you know kind of matchup our our, our our team is trying to take advantage of out there so um i've kind of embraced it but just being a versatile guy even so far in preseason playing you know backup point guard or Playing the wing, playing the four, uh, just just trying to do everything out there to help my team.
4: Okay, so when will we know about your team? Because you guys have this crazy schedule. You play in Orlando on Wednesday, then you got a run of like six or seven home games. Then you go out on a long road trip. You go to Denver, LA, to, to take on the Dubs. You take on the Warriors and Utah, etc. But like last year was like two different seasons, right? Like you had the first part of the year, then you get hurt, bunch of guys get hurt, and then they made a late push at the end of the year and. And you mentioned Assad. What kind of a spectacular finish to the season he had? But it's like combining almost both teams of last year. When will we know exactly what you guys have in terms of how good you can be?
8: Um, I think I think hit on hit the nail on the head. Um, I think um, you know after that road trip will be a pretty good gauge um, of where our team is. We're going to play some some good teams on the road. We'll have a home stretch. Um, to kind of build some some um, flow before then, but I think after that, after that road swing, you know, there should be a pretty idea um, uh, of where our team is, and hopefully, um, want to be plus five hundred, of course. But uh, it's gonna be tough. NBA season's always tough, and for us, we ended the season, you know. So at the same time, we gotta understand, you know, just because we we did finish thirty one and eleven or whatever it was. Um, that no one cares, you know. everyone's zero zero now, and so we kind of got to get that edge back and 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 continue to play, you know, the type of defense that that got us there.
4: Yeah, it's it's interesting. You talk about that edge, right? Like Tyler's got Tyler Johnson's got that got that edge. You got that edge. Goran uh, Goran Dragic, he's kind of got that edge. You you have some guys that 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 play every night as if you have kind of something to prove. Is that even even Rodney? Who I know he's he's got the uh, the stress fracture uh, in his leg. But like Rodney, because of his long and winding path to get to the NBA, it feels like you—that's kind of the makeup of this group, no?
8: Yeah, I mean, it's—it's it's almost a bunch of guys that um, you know kind of been counted out. You know, even—even even myself, I find you know being a lottery pick. Um, you know, I still don't forget about you know those teams that that, that, that passed on me. Um, but we got a lot of guys that second-round picks, undrafted, going through the D League, and those guys. You know they they have a they have a chip on their shoulder. They almost they almost didn't let me into their to their little clan because I was a lottery pick. But uh, they they see the edge, they see the fight. Um, but just one of their jokes, they have their little one of their little cliques or whatever. Um, you know because they were you know undrafted or second round or had to go to C league. But um, you know I proved to them that I I got the same edge and the same type of dog in me.
4: Wait wait wait. So you're you're trying to prove to them that you're like. Like you're a McDonald's All-American, you played a Duke, you won a national championship. You're a lottery pick, so you're trying to tell trying to tell them, like, "Hey, Tyler, I'm just like you. I was overlooked."
8: Yeah, I'm not I'm not overlooked, but uh, it's just a fun a fun joke. You know, you kind of mess with guys, like, "Oh, you were pretty first round." Um, just one of those things. Just just being funny. But uh, you know, I think I think they let me, uh, you know, honorary mention or. You know, they'll let me in the, in the clan somehow.
4: All right, fair enough. All right, dude. Well, so the shoulder's good. We need to get you a date, and we got the upcoming season for you. Uh, we Our thanks to to Metrics, whose lineup of sports nutrition pro, protein bars help athletes like Justice Winslow trim up. He's in the best shape of his life, lowest body fat of his life, lo, lo, life lost 12 to 15 pounds, uh, and gotten him ready for this upcoming season. Justice, thanks so much for joining us, man.
8: Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, that
4: pleasure is absolutely mine. Interesting, right? Like, because... When guys like Justice Winslow, when he's in, out of Houston, Texas, six 6'7", everybody's like, well, you know, he's he's a 1-2-3. And yet, in order to win national championship, they played him at the power forward. But like now he's... But everybody thought, well, you get to the NBA, you got to play down a position. <laughs> and because the NBA's changed, he's now playing some power forward. A lot of power forward. We got to get some of the metrics, bars. We got to get some of the metrics. You know? to get some of those metrics. Can you get some of those metrics? Let's get to Steve the Seger. find out what's going on in the world of sports. What do you got, Steve? The crew is saying
5: yes, a hearty yes. That was my
4: mumbling thing that we they made fun of last week. Anyway.
5: <laughs> <laughs> ALCS Game 3 in New York tonight. FS1 has the coverage, 8 p.m. Eastern time. The Yankees hosting a Houston team that won 101 games during the regular season. Tonight's Astros starter, and they're up two games to none, Charlie Morton, he went 14 and 7 this year, best season of his 10-year career. He is from Connecticut and very much looking forward to pitching at Yankee Stadium. Jose Altuve is batting .565 this postseason, including that three-homer game in the Division Series. He's batting third in the lineup tonight. Yuli Gurriel of Houston had nine hits in that series win against Boston. He's the DH tonight. Monday night football matchup is a battle of two and three teams: Indianapolis at Tennessee. The Colts have won 11 straight against the Titans head-to-head. The Raiders signed linebacker Navarro Bowman. 49er. And Aaron Rodgers injury yesterday. The broken collarbone will need surgery, the Packers say. Green Bay has promoted quarterback Joe Callahan from the practice squad. Tampa Bay QB Jameis Winston's shoulder injury is a sprained A.C. joint, according to NFL Network. We'll see it he can play through it the Spurs gave LaMarcus Aldridge a reported three-year extension through 2021 and this note from Baseball America that Major League Baseball appears to be looking to expanding in the future by two ball clubs including one in the west maybe Portland Oregon would get a team maybe Montreal but then there would be realignment with divisions maybe a shorter regular season and certainly a couple of extra postseason teams that's all being considered by the commissioner Rob Manfred back to you
4: you know, it's one of those things. It's, it's a little bit like, uh, it's funny, Portland's mentioned. Portland has an incredible following in MLS. Maybe you ever. Oh, yeah. And um, Seattle. Yeah. Um, uh, b- both of them do. Actually, Atlanta actually has. The MLS is super, super popular. And what MLS has tapped into, which is brilliant, is, you know, look, you have local, vibrant fan bases and you can't really get it on TV. So you have to go.
5: And, um, And there's a culture, a fan culture that really takes on in those two cities. Yeah,
4: and they have these cool, smaller stadiums, right? They have cool, smaller Mm -hmm. stadiums that they invest in. A march
5: to the game stadium on game day with the fans. Yeah,
4: so all that that stuff works. Um, And I think baseball is becoming very, very regional in the regular season. It just is. And you have your own regional network, and they're all making gobs and gobs of money. They have baseball, and baseball has the best uh, app of any of them. I mean, it's... Actually, other sports and other enterprises use MLB's technology. Are way ahead of the curve. They've been monetizing it for years. Um, so this is it's fact because there's no there's no real call. Nobody's like, man, we want more baseball. Can't wait for more baseball. Uh, but if you get less regular season games, might be into it. Um, the Portland thing is interesting because. You know, how would that be received when they do have soccer? And soccer is kind of a part of the culture. I know they've, I know they previously, they've had the, what, the pilots, the old Portland Pilot Stadium downtown in Portland. And uh, I think it would be a, look, it would work because people locally would watch it. They'd have a, you know, the local regional network would buy it and they would put enough people in the seats. But I, boy, it would water down the product. I mean, Look at how it watered down the product. People forget how badly it watered down the product when they added teams last time. And people forget that we were talking about contracting baseball teams not long ago either. So I don't think they actually need to expand. I think they need to relocate, right? Like Devil Rays or Rays or whatever in Tampa. Hadn't worked, doesn't work. Next, (laughs) right? But they're all making so much money on those regional sports. On the, It's called RSNs, Regional Sports Network. Yes, Ramos. I
3: was going to say, why would you go back to Montreal? You tried it there once, but then I thought, well, you know, Washington had a team, and they went back to Washington, D.C., and it's been working there. So maybe they could go back to Montreal. I don't know.
4: I don't get it. I don't get I mean, I guess they want to have two teams in Canada. I, I just don't. I, I don't know if they was because they were poorly run, they couldn't get a new stadium. Most times when teams leave, it's because they can't get their own stadium, right? Look, the DC thing has been a win. It's been an absolute win. It was like, man, they didn't have a team forever. Now it's hurt the Baltimore Orioles, which people said it would. And you can say, like, no, it doesn't. Yeah, it does.
3: Peter Angelo said it he was trying hard not to get them to come. Of course
4: he was. Yeah. Of course he was. Of course he was. Um, but it's always it's fascinating. It's like look, people declared the the Chargers dead for having moved. Do I think that ultimately they could have a team in San Diego? They could. San Diego will get a team as soon as they build a stadium. This is like Seattle in basketball. They're like, bring back the Sonics. Build an arena. Right? By the way, Kansas City has a beautiful arena. Beautiful. Sprint Center is spectacular. And, I, well, by the way, I, I need to talk to uh, Cindy Katz, who books this show. Bill Self told me he'd come on with us. You know, do you guys see what they're doing? Kansas and Missouri are going to play each other in an exhibition game here in a couple of days to raise money for hurricane relief. Like, they don't play each other in college basketball anymore. They don't play each other in football anymore. So the Missouri coach and the and and self Konzo Martin and Bill Self are like, hey, let's do an exhibition game, raise some money, and it'll be sold out. I'm sure it probably already is sold out. But uh, Kansas City they built an arena. They, they you want an NBA team to relocate that'll draw people. It, Kansas City's ready, but like. I just don't know there's this need like no one's going like we want more baseball. I just don't I don't feel it. I don't feel it. Just take the A's. Take the A's. They've been searching for a stadium forever. Go, you want to go play in Portland? Go ahead. You already have the Giants. Like that one works. So I I think it'd be fascinating to see what baseball does. What baseball does. Speaking of baseball, look, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you I know more about like what happens is when um the Jose Altuve play, okay, to win is that game two? Win game two. So uh, Altuve's at first and he scores from first on a I guess a single or a, it was a double, right? It was a double because it was uh Brett the Jet, wasn't he? Because the slide at second base actually kind of distracted Didi Gregorius' throw from just beyond second base to home. Altuve hits it to right center. Aaron Judge fields the ball, throws it into D.D. D.D. relays it and throws it to Sanchez. Sanchez bobbles the ball, and so he can't ta- tag out Jose Altuve. Altuve scores. The Astros win. The Astros are up two games and none. Game three is tonight on FS1. So, uh, look, what, what's fascinating to me is, well, was Aaron Judge, was he laxadaisical with that throw? Was he supposed to throw it to D.D.? Gary Sanchez is known as a bad defensive catcher, but is it bad defensive catcher just catching pitchers or simply defending home plate? Remember, as we learned in which game was it where they blocked home plate and then it was game one of the Cubs versus the Dodgers, right? Where you can't apparently now you can't even have your foot in front of home plate to block home plate, which seemed crazy to me. Seemed like the perfect play that Javier Baez at home plate. Oh, excuse me, Contreras. Contreras at home plate using his foot, not his body, to block home plate and tag the Dodger runner out. Anyway, so look, when something like that happens and I like baseball, I actually coach my son's baseball team. I know some about baseball enough to be dangerous, but I know everything. So with the Yankees play, I called some of my buddies that play in major leagues. I was like, hey, what was supposed to happen? Like, well, actually, judge did kind of what he's supposed to do, which is he didn't load up to throw the ball. He just got it to D.D. as quickly as possible. D.D. has their strongest arm. His throw was a little short. It was probably a little bit off because of the slide. Sanchez should have had it eight times in 10. He catches that ball. It was one of the times he didn't catch it. And catcher's, mound's not, catcher's mitt's not really built for that play. So kind of, kind of interesting. But Altuve was dead to rights, and uh, the Yankees didn't take advantage of it. But I didn't have to call my baseball buddies to know that Joe Maddon made a mistake last night and made a bunch of mistakes last year in the World Series. I mean, look, it's not... Do you, everybody's like, well, righty, righty, lefty, lefty. There's some pretty easy working philosophies. And in the playoffs, you start to try and get cute. All right, I have all these starters. I have too many starters. And John Lackey's not a starter anymore in the playoffs. So do I use him out of the pen? He tried in game one with limited success. So he was around, he was available in case the game went extra innings. But in the bottom of the ninth inning with a runner on first base, runner on second base, what are we doing here? Like, I don't know, basic working philosophy is if you have a starter who you're going to bring out of the bullpen, that's not normally a bullpen pitcher, let him start the inning or don't. And this is if you've exhausted all other options, and when you're, it's harder when you're on the road because you don't know if you're ever going to have a lead, right? Like a high leverage situation could appear in the seventh inning or it could appear in the tenth inning, and you don't want to completely, uh, you want to completely burn those guys. But I thought he butchered last night using Lackey instead of using Wade Davis. You can't get any more high leverage situation than the bottom of the ninth inning on the road against the Dodgers. And no, you might not have Wade Davis for the 10th and definitely not for the 11th, but there isn't a 10th or 11th. You can't get there if not for, it's not like, like, look in, in basketball and football, sometimes you talk about, or even in baseball, you know, you worry about the third inning and the fourth inning, like, Hey, look, you got to play for, or in the NBA, like you can't go too crazy even in the third quarter. Cause fourth quarter guys take out rest of their starters. And you know, if you leave your starters in, they're going to be gassed at the end. Like, okay. but in you, so you can. I always make the argument: you can, you can't win a game in the first half, but you can sure as hell lose it in the first half. Can't win a game in the third quarter, but you can lose a game in the third quarter, right? But in the ninth inning, bottom of the ninth inning, you sure as hell can lose a game, and he did, and he did it. I mean, John Lackey had pitched the night before; he never pitched on back-to-back days. John Lackey did not have good numbers against Justin Turner three for six before, so now he's four of seven. Like, we can tell that's not a good matchup. And he had Wade Davis, rested, ready. And he doesn't take long to get up, and he pitches in high-leverage situations his entire professional life. What am I missing? This is when you try and outsmart everybody, you end up outsmarting yourself. Um, You can count on apparently two things in this world. The sun rising the east and setting the west and the Browns being terrible. I'll explain why next. Here's the select quote difference. Most companies give you one option, one policy, one rate. But select quote gives you options, lots of options. I want you to give select quote a call at 800-881-4466 or go to selectquote.com today for a totally free personal quote. Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. I like being ahead of the curve. I, I, was, I was ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs not being... Uh, What people thought they were. On the other hand, I do feel like the New England Patriots, it's not like uh, they're awesome because they keep winning, but eventually somebody's got to win this thing, right? Somebody's got to win this thing. Anyway, uh, I'm not sure who the best team in the AFC is, but I do know that I would not be betting on the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know why. And look, I'm fully aware not only did it took a miracle catch Uh, by Antonio Brown in order to win that thing. I mean, they had to have plenty of things go in their favor. And the Chiefs do have some huge injuries. But for whatever reason, I just, I'll believe it when I see it with them. Let's get to the press. Dollar Shave Club brings you the press. Don't let the name fool you. Dollar Shave Club has way more than just razors. Try their first month starter set with travel size shave butter, body cleanser, butt wipes, and executive razor all for just $5. After that, replacement cartridges ship for just a few bucks a month. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com. Steve DeSeger, hit me with the press.
5: Let's start with the NFL as linebacker Navarro Bowman, ex-49er, is signing a one-year deal with the Raiders. After seven seasons with San Francisco, he was released on Friday. Reportedly, they were trying to work out a trade in exchange for a seventh rounder with the Saints. He wasn't feeling that, so he became a free agent. And how about this? He gets the full season salary from the Niners plus the $3 million deal for this season with Oakland.
4: It's important to remember I love Navarro Bowman when he was good, but he was splitting, uh, he was rotating with Brock Coyle. Does anybody know who Brock Coyle is? Anybody have any idea who Brock Coyle is? Could you pick Brock Coyle out of a lineup? Silence. You know if Brock Coyle, Brock's, you, would think, you would think Brock Coyle's is named Brock. I don't know a lot of black guys named Brock. I think he's white, but I have no idea. Lou anyway, Brock. Po- point that, uh, Lou Brock, but Lou is the first name. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, All right. All right. if you're splitting, if you're making that much money and you're splitting snaps with Brock Coyle, you ain't any good anymore. Let's not make a big deal about Navarro Bowman.
5: Aaron Rodgers news today. The Packers say he will have surgery on his broken collarbone in the near future. So, yes, the injury yesterday needs surgery. That pretty much tells you he's not coming back this year, doesn't it? Uh, Yeah. A-Rod
4: a- a- Rod is done for the year, which which, like I think it's pretty obvious who they go after. We'll talk about it in a moment.
5: As for quarterbacks in Cleveland, Hugh Jackson Browns coach met with the media today implying that Deshaun Kaiser could be back soon from the benching, that Kaiser quote learned a lot of things from standing on the sidelines of Sunday's loss and that Kaiser quote will be a huge part of the future here. And also Kevin Hogan threw 3 picks yesterday.
4: Yeah, well, I mean like look, uh I don't know if you saw the story, but apparently Deshaun Watson got a text from Hugh Jackson the day of the draft, be ready, and then they passed on him uh so a story yes uh not sure the browns have confirmed that so i mean i'm just why would deshaun watson lie right i mean they just they just keep doing browns things so i don't know what they're doing they don't know what they're doing there's a mistake and i think it's pretty obvious that you can depend on a couple of things right you can depend on the sun rising in the east, setting in the west the patriots to win the afc east and the Browns are going to suck. They are winners
5: this year. And with the current football operation and coaching staff, 1-21, and 21, there was a pro football talk report about the Browns' efforts to reach out to football executives. The Browns say that was false and erroneous, that story. It's Hello, erroneous. 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 LaMarcus Aldridge in the news today, getting the extension from the Spurs. Why? Worth over $70 million through Why? 2021. Why?
4: Why? why i'm like he was a bad fit for the spurs he's a bad fit for 2017 Excuse nba me? offense and, and i just like yeah we're just gonna we're just gonna keep doing spurs things but as much as mm. i want to question them they're the ones that won 61 games last year right
5: yeah and finally uh found on ap by our beloved producer the federal aviation administration says it's going to check to see whether any laws or reg- regulations were broken when a low flying pilot dropped live turkeys onto an arkansas festival over the weekend the annual yellville turkey trot northern arkansas apparently it is it included a turkey drop for more than 5 decades but the sponsors in recent years have distanced themselves several birds were dropped saturday and then chased by festival goers a local
0: and literally almost threw up.
5: Animal rights activist has filed a formal complaint with the sheriff. And you, the can't, FAA. You, can't be an,
4: you can't be an animal rights activist in Arkansas. I just, just you, that's not, <laughs> yeah, you're going to have an uphill climb. The but
5: FAA not has not intervened in past years because the birds were not considered projectiles. And they're not considered
4: birds, but projectiles. They're projecting down, I guess. And that's the press.
0: Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. I'm
4: the Green Bay Packers. I call Tony Romo. Right? Why wouldn't you? He's healthy enough to play. He's called one of their games. He totally he, he understands kind of subtle nuances of their offense. Give him a week or two weeks to get into football playing shape. He's from the state of Wisconsin. Grew up loving Brett Favre. He plays kind of reckless and running around back there a lot like Aaron Rodgers. Super talented. Like like there is no better option out there. Now I don't know if he says yes, but that's if I'm Ted Thompson, I. I've already made that call. And even if he says no, I go get three guys and put them on a plane like the Vikings did and go to Tony Romo's house in Dallas and bring him back. Either you want to win or you don't. You're not winning with Brett Hundley and you're not signing Colin Kaepernick, even if you did sign Colin Kaepernick, going with Colin Kaepernick. You want a chance, you got Anthony Romero Romo. And he's unsigned. Might be productive, and he just needs to have the Cowboys release him. Uh, we'll talk some Cowboys and ending your career as a Cardinal with Emmett Smith tomorrow. Scott McLuhan, former GM of the Redskins, will join us. I'll ask him, why the hell won't the Redskins sign Kirk Cousins to a long-term deal? And Cam Jordan, of the Saints, who I declare dead, but they're only mostly dead, which means somewhat alive. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show.